Monsters Podcast, where the hosts truly believe that it's time to strike while the iron's hot. One of my favorite phrases. I'm Rob. I'm Kyle. And today, we're talking about Shin Godzilla. Uh, uh, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I mean Shin Ultraman. <laughs> uh, Twang! The, the trumpets hit, yeah. Yeah, did you like that? <laughs> I thought that was a good bit. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, here we are. Beginning of 2023. First episode of the year. Wow. A special report to start. Well, didn't we do that with uh, Underwater? Wasn't Underwater also? Uh... No. It was close. Underwater was the, uh, like, oh, it was the, the beginning tail. of February. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. It was, like, it was like right at the end. But it was it was close, though. Yeah. It was, it was a similar situation. Wow. But this is our uh, first episode. 2023, baby. New us, new. That's uh, well, the same us. Same us, same podcast. But new Same movie story. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Spicy topics. And you're getting spicy. into your spoiler thoughts already. S- spicy, spicy spoiler topic there. of uh, Maybe <laughs> spoiling a little bit of my thoughts. Um, okay. So here we are. So it's a special report. So as most of you know, but in case this is one of your first episodes listening to us, for our special reports, we do this unedited because we want to get it out to you as fast as possible. Uh, We do a spoiler-free section at the beginning, uh, usually is about uh, 30 minutes or so, uh, and then we come back after the break with all of our... spicy spoiler takes um that will be uh that will be you know after a little bump so you can if you haven't seen shin ultraman you can wait to listen to it or well shin ultraman we don't even know what it's going to come out in the states anymore after uh, it they, having its limited two-day release yeah uh so well there are be means there are means well, but we know that it's getting a release yes. which we'll talk about in the news of the next episode yeah. the full episode that we have i guess but uh, we just don't know when is that the name of the company? Yes. Is going to yes. be releasing it on streaming, and on demand, and as a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So if you did not see it yet, there is going to be a chance for you to see it in the future. Uh, legit, it's just... Yeah, through legit means. It is going <laughs> through... to get a U.S. release. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, so once again, it's going to be unedited, so you'll hear our uh, dubs, flubs, and subs, uh, <laughs> as we always say. Uh, but, so, Okay. So let's let's get started with spoiler free thoughts. And I'm yeah, gonna no. I, I want to start us off. You want to start us off? Okay. So okay, let me and this this already is gonna kind of paint. What oh you, boy! But I love the movie. Let me say it this uh, way: There's a lot of things that I like in this movie. Yeah. But there's also a lot of glaring issues for me that really make it stuff that I don't like anymore. Uh, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. So like, let me let me let me break it down like this. When it's the kaiju stuff, when it's Ultraman, when it is uh, even even just like the kaiju references to Ultra Q, which I, I, I can spoil a little bit just because that's the very, 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 very beginning of the movie. And like they, literally a minute They released in. the first like did, five yes. minutes as like a, a get your wet your appetite thing. Yeah. Yes. By the way, um, 
Crunch is already mad that I am not paying attention to him. So if you hear a yelping dog in the background, he's not being tortured. He's just uh, <laughs> literally, I have a child gate between him and my office, and he's sad. He's very sad. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So when the kaiju and Ultraman stuff is going on, it's really, really fun. Um, I, I, I enjoy that. I think that there's a lot of nice callbacks to the original show within the fights that I am, I'm excited to break down a little bit. Uh, there's actually some choreography that they pulled straight from those episodes. And I think it was actually kind of a cool, like, if you know, you know, kind of moment. Um, however, there's a lot of stuff that I don't like. And a lot of the stuff that I don't like is a combination of the writing and the pacing and the story. Uh, what story? Um, that ooh, I don't know. Oh boy, that's a ooh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, okay, that really detracts for me. Um, and I know it's the like, it's Anno's writing, it's Aguchi's directing. I, I just I can't get on board with it. And I and you know I struggled with this because I, I I saw it and I was like really like trying to like put my thoughts together because I know. It's getting uh, glorious, amazing reviews from, like, every kaiju fan on the internet. And, uh, you know, I didn't really – I won't say I didn't like Shin Godzilla because I've kind of come around on it a little bit more. But I'm not – I don't – it's not in my top ten Godzilla movies. It's middle of the pack for me. Like, I'm not a person that, like, really loves Shin Godzilla. And I'm kind of notorious for that on the podcast. So when Shin Ultraman came around and I saw it and I was like – Ooh, I didn't really enjoy this. I uh, now I'm like trying to put my head together of like why and specifically what I don't like. And I think it is just an Anno Higuchi style thing that I just can't get on board with and the writing and same thing. And that really detracted from the movie for me. Once again, did I still like parts of this movie? Oh, absolutely. There's lots of stuff that I'm going to talk in the spoiler section uh, about that I really enjoyed. Like I, I legitimately really enjoyed um, but if you're looking at a scale of one to 100 and you're adding up all the good and adding and like subtracting all the bad, it does end up slightly on the negative side for me. Unfortunately, just, just slightly, like I'm, I'm still at like maybe a, like a six out of 10 kind of situation, maybe a five out of 10. If that's I was a really D, like, that's passing in some schools, if, if I was being really harsh, five out of 10, but if, if I'm being like a little bit more generous, like of the things I did like, Maybe six, six and a half out of ten. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So if you're an Ultraman fan, if you're an Ultraman diehard, you grew up with the original show, you, you, you've, you're you really into Ultraman, is there going to be stuff that you're going to like in this movie? Absolutely. You may still, you may be able to get past some of the directorial choices and stuff like that. Um, I'm not trying to say don't watch it because I think some people are really pulling out the hopefulness of this movie. And I think that I, I, I do see where they're coming from, especially compared to Shin Godzilla. Like I do see that hopefulness in this movie uh, that is that is you know really prevalent. It's trying to be kind of hopeful in its message, and I do appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I, I I personally was not blown away by this movie, and I have a lot of a lot of spoiler thoughts to really drive home why I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's my spoiler free section. Uh Rob coming out strong uh for for 2023. 
Yeah, the the internet loves this movie. Uh, I think that a lot of people that love it are people who um, are fans of Ultraman. They 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 know the the stories. They know the arcs. They they remember the show. Uh, I don't. Not really. Uh, I watched some of Ultraman. Mostly, I watched a lot of Ultra Seven in the back uh, back in twenty twenty one uh for uh when i was doing an episode with the um uh the atrocious pod which is now discontinued which is a huge bummer because they were a lot of fun um but i you know and then like i watched uh z when it came out zed i guess uh loved ultraman Z, loved it to pieces and then i've watched a handful of the movies for the podcast, but uh, early Ultraman is not really like the ecosystem that I've dwelled in or spent a lot of time with. So for me, watching this movie felt like watching like a recap episode of like a fully fleshed out show that exists elsewhere. Uh, it 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 uh, it moves at too frantic a pace to ever like soak or stew in any of the interesting ideas it presents. The only times that it gets to do that are really like the first 30 minutes of the film, which are awesome. They're so good. Uh, and then like towards the middle half of the movie, it, it gets kind of like so bogged down with trying to be like, OK, let's do every every hit from the entire old like all 39 episodes of Ultraman. Let's do every big moment that I Higuchi and Ano remember from those 39 episodes uh back to back to back to back to back. Uh so the pacing of this as a film, as a standalone film, is kind of a wash. Uh and it makes it hard for someone who is just trying to watch it as a film really just absorb it and like take it in. So you either have to be someone who is deeply like has watched the show all the way through, knows all the like key moments, so that when you see it just clipping from moment to moment, it feels like, oh, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that. And you get to have like the same kind of joy that like The Force Awakens has, right? It this is the first this is the the Force Awakens of Ultraman movies, where you have these these, oh, I remember that. It's Millennium Falcon. Oh, I remember that. Lightsaber. Oh, I remember that. Boom. And you have these little tiny tokens over and over and over again. That is fun for people who spend a lot of time with Ultraman and know Ultraman. Coming into it blind, you're going to be watching a lot of stuff and be like, oh, wait. Okay. So, I mean, I guess we're just done with that plot line now. So, we're just moving on to the next thing. Okay. Wait, oh, so we're starting this new idea. Oh, wait. Oh, actually, that's not important anymore. So, it's just like, it's kind of just going at a pace that feels very uncinematic. Uh, which, to be fair, the very first Ultraman movie and honestly, the, the Chayo films that we've watched, <laughs> like uh, the... Uh, Oh my gosh! Um, Seven Ultra Brothers versus Hanumajin. It, that it's just that it's just like they would take clips from the show and they would string it along with like it, moments of human character drama, and then cut back to another fight scene from episode nineteen. And it's like okay, now we're gonna cut back to some character be like, oh no, Ultraman has to fight this bad guy again. Let's go over here. Oh no, he's fighting another bad guy, and then you clip to episode. 39 and you have them finding another character so that's kind of where this movie struggles yes but uh there's a lot of fun to be had 
even outside of people who uh, are really, really familiar with Ultraman. Uh, the sound design is goofy and farcical uh, in a way that makes it fun because of how referential it is. Uh, there is a, it is a, a beautiful film to look at. There are moments where the CGI is so spot on for that like dusty fog machine soundscape or uh, uh, stage soundstage. Um, like it, it looks like I'm shocked that it wasn't shot on film in like a sound studio. There are moments where they have like it looks like a miniature. They've done such a good job with the CGI making it capture that exact moment. There are uh, the the look of the film is great. The 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 acting, the characters, the humans are so fun uh, <clears throat> all throughout. They're just incredible performances. Um, so there is a lot to love. But if if you were to ask me, should I watch this movie or should I watch Ultraman first, like the original show? I would frankly suggest watch the original show first. Get a lot of context, a lot, see all the kind of like mishaps and all the goofs and like the kind of like pacing issues within like a 39 episode TV show from the 60s. Get that in your head and then go watch a fan fiction where someone cleaned it up and made it one whole hour and 59 minute TV show. There is there is a huge benefit to viewing the film through that lens as opposed to just being some guy walking in and watching Ultraman. And now, Absolutely. if you don't care about pacing or you don't care, like if you're not like a, like a, you know, a disgusting, like film Twitter cretin like I am, then like maybe that stuff won't bother you. But for me, pacing and editing is such a huge part of what I enjoy about film. And it's something that really draws my attention. And so when it's really egregiously bad, it, it draws me away from the enjoyment of a film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my recommendation. Watch Ultraman first. Or don't care about film and then watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, and you know I can talk about this here without talking spoilers because I, I talked about this with our Discord chat. Uh, join our Patreon if you want to be a part oh, of that. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> plug. Uh, there's a plug. Um, uh, I don't know how effective. Uh, kind of like what you're saying, Rob. I don't know how effective this movie is at telling you everything you need to know about Ultraman because the movie. Because it moves at this weird breakneck pace, because it's got to get through four episodes of the quote-unquote show, um, it never slows down to explain who Ultraman is, what is the world of light, what is going on, why is he here? Like, there's none of that, which in the original show, yeah, there's not like, they don't spend a lot of time on it, but it's a 39-episode show, so you get like little bits of it sprinkled, you know, throughout the show, Whereas here, there's a lot of just things happening for no reason that if you're not an Ultraman fan, I think you're going to be a little like, whoa, why well, does it... why, why did he do the weird flippy thing? Okay, like, well, the, you know I mean? yeah, the way he moves is very, very referential to how the models and like the little kits moved back then. Exactly. And uh, they don't and they don't ever like literally there's uh, without ta- saying spoilers there's one moment where they where they ask a character about Ultraman and he gives like three sentences that give us a quote unquote explanation <laughs> and it's just not enough mm-hmm. in a movie like here's i guess here's what I'm trying to say in a movie that could be someone's introduction to Ultraman 
-hmm. I don't think it gives us enough of an introduction to the world. Like, I don't think this movie would draw people to check out the rest of Ultraman. Like, I think that it's, it's, it's too self-referential. It's too caught up in its own thing. It doesn't like, it's not trying to draw people in. It's trying to tell a singular story. That's very episodes one, two, three, four. And that's yeah. it. it. There's no, cause he, like, and I know, yeah, the I don't rest know if is spoilers. I fully agree with that, but like, I, I understand, I understand the, like where you're coming from with it, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think that there's enough here to kind of like interest someone in like the greater Ultraman mythos, especially because there is a bunch of weirdness that isn't necessarily explained by lore, but explained by, the limitations of making a show in the 1960s, you know? <laughs> right. But, and the, I feel like this is a conversation for uh, special effects later on. And uh, even you said this is like, what's the point of it being CGI if all they're trying to do is reference back to being tokusatsu? Like, shouldn't they put that budget for the CGI into making like an awesome, like, tokusatsu, like, I mean, version of. Ultraman, like that's it, that's modern filmmaking. That's a huge. Well, that's a that's a, a a conversation that will is a, know, a whole episode. Honestly, I know <laughs> the future like, of Tokusatsu. <laughs> all, all all I wanted to say with that is like we've seen, especially uh, you know specifically referencing a more recent Ultra series with Zed. Yeah, we got such creativeness behind making the the fights look big and putting the camera down in the models and doing all this really creative filmmaking techniques to make it look dynamic and new looking and not, it's not sticking to the old Ultraman formula of, Oh, they're on a set. Let's just put a camera and kind of move it around every once in a while. Now we're doing clever things with it in the shows. And it's like, this movie goes out of its way at times to be very old Ultraman. And I know it's just another reference, but like, I don't know, like you could pull some of the more modern stuff like technique wise into your show or into your movie. But regardless, that's that's more of a conversation for spoilers, because I I have very specific moments that are things that I think look a little weird because they are CGI uh, instead of maybe doing something clever. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so uh, that's our spoiler free talk. Uh, I know we sound negative. Um I think this is one of those movies or one of those episodes of our of the cast. <laughs> uh, I think it's one of those episodes of the cast where we are definitely going to talk about the positives, but the negatives to me and Rob were so glaring that like it kind of overtook. Well, it's distracting. It's, it's it's distracting, right? Yeah. The you, the flaws of the movie are distracting from the the enjoyment or like the the fun stuff there because yeah. there is fun stuff to be had. There is, and I, you know, I like I said, I can still recommend the movie. I think that you would benefit from watching the show first, or alternative, and you've got the time now. Just go on to Tubi. Guess what? The entire first season's on there 39 episodes you can just blast through it you know that's like a few nights of fun you know you could also probably go on archive.org oh well. that's true it's probably on there i just to be either free, or so to be free <laughs> they're, they're, i'm just saying my, like my my parents the, gave me a smart tv when they moved and uh now i have access i don't even plug in my playstation anymore i just watch free tv <laughs> the 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 original Ultraman is a is a series that is very easy to find. Yes, it's very, very, very easy to find. Absolutely. So, and uh, I think 
I think I would have benefit, benefited from watching that first so that when stuff is just kind of like bouncing around, I probably would have been less bothered by what I perceived as technical issues. It didn't help me personally. Oh. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, once again, here, Rob said this, and I, I do actually, I need to say this too before we go spoilers. Yeah. Uh, so my history with Ultraman, for the people who are listening to this for the first time and have never heard us talk about this, is I watched a little of the ultra, original Ultraman when I was a kid. I had some toys that I think were actually not from the original Ultraman. It was from, um, it was the Trend Masters line that they came out with. And I think it's from actually Ultraman... Um, uh, returns or whatever with with uh, with Jack. I think is actually where the toys came from because yeah. there was a Twin Tails toy, which is which was that store that's from. Anyway, so I had a few toys of Ultraman when I was growing up, but not a lot. Um, there's this one specific monster that that they released that I saw in a store like really recently, and I freaked <laughs> out because I was like, I had that toy, I didn't know where it was from. Um, but anyway, um, so so that that was where I watched a little bit. Then I skipped. Like everything, like I, I didn't go back to it. I was a huge Godzilla fan, huge monster fan, whatever. It's just one of those things that was always in the back of my mind of like, oh, I should probably check out Ultraman again at some point, and never did. Yeah. And then we covered, uh, we covered the the second Belial movie first because we're weird, um, and that got me into wanting to go back and look at some of the more modern Ultraman stuff, and then go back and look at some of the old stuff too. Um, so I, so I'm kind of a more recent fan. I've probably watched more than Rob at this point, but absolutely, but like, I'm not nostalgic for Ultraman. It's just, it's a new thing. It's a, you know, it's a kaiju based thing. So I'm into it, into it and interested, but I'm not like, I'm not like the kid that grew up watching Ultraman, which I know a lot of people are. And I think that's also who this movie is made for, as Rob was saying. Like, the people that watched the original show were nostalgic for it. Then you get to this, and this is being referential every 10 seconds. And you're like, oh, like Rob said, Force Awakens. Oh, lightsaber. Oh, it's the Millennium Falcon. I remember that. Like, that's – I think that's, it, that is a little bit who this movie is for, for sure, which is very contrasty to Shin Godzilla. Um, which I can't wait to talk a little bit about the contrast between these two movies, even though they have nothing to do with one another other than the director and the writer. But um, anyway, how about we move to spoilers? Yeah, you want to take a (laughs) quick break and then we'll come back to talk about Shin Ultraman with spoilers? Yes. All right. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we are back to talk about Shin Ultraman. Ultraman. Uh, so Shin Ultraman. Uh, uh, there's okay. So you, 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 if you've gotten this far, you either have seen the, sh- the movie already, or you are relatively uh, curious about just hearing our thoughts and haven't seen the movie yet. Um, either way. We're going to do our traditional plot breakdown. Uh, we're going to try and go through the steps of this. Now, recently, I've been taking to writing down a full synopsis of these uh, in my uh, very Rob tone. However, this episode, because I watched the movie <laughs> in a theater, then came home and watched the movie a second time through means. 
uh, and then start watching the Ultraman TV show literally up until about 30 minutes before recording this episode. Uh, I did not write down a synopsis, so I'm going to be going kind of like a little fast and loose here. Uh, uh, but uh, shall we begin? Sure. The plot. Sounds good. So uh, essentially we start off with dun, dun, dun. Ultra Q is real. Uh, <laughs> I, we have a, a, a menagerie of clips of some of the highlight ep- highlightable episodes, except for the giant plant episode, which is a bummer. Uh, no, we see the giant plant. Do we for, do? For a split second. Yeah. Oh, I missed it. Oh, my gosh. Well, then in that case, they have all the best episodes uh, of Shin Ultraman that speci- or sorry, of Ultra Q that specifically revolve around kaiju mm-hmm. monsters, giant kaijus specifically. Yes. yes. Um, after we get this flash forward of a bunch of uh, Ultra Q stuff, we get the reveal that they are actually going to create an S-class species suppression protocol. SSSP, which if you are familiar with Ultraman, is their science patrol team for this one. Uh, so SSSP uh, is now the uh, go-to kaiju problem-solving team, and it is comprised of four people, uh, the names of which I don't... Well, five, technically. Five. Okay, you're yes, right. Yeah. And also, uh, just in case you were curious, uh, the SSSP... Uh, stands for S class species suppression yes. protocol. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so we've got uh, 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 Kami Kami Naga. Wait, should we just save this for characters? I'll save it for characters. We'll save it for characters. Yeah. 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 So uh, during one of their missions to deal with uh, uh, the uh, a new arrival of an S class kaiju monster, uh, Naronga. Naronga. Uh, a a creature, a giant of light, if you will, uh, descends upon our planet and crash lands uh, uh, to do battle with this this uh, this big baddie. Uh, however, in the middle of all that, uh, one of the members of SSSP uh, has run out to go save a small child who was left behind in the evacuation order. Come on, mm-hmm. kid, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so our main character gets bonked on the head by some debris caused by Ultraman crash landing and presumably just goes unconscious for a little while. He's probably fine <laughs> because don't worry, after Ultraman saves the day and kills the kaiju, he flies up into the sky and disappears. And our main character uh, guy is awake, conscious and totally fine. He does totally really fine. like Nothing to happened. read, though. He seems <laughs> a little weird, a little strange, but don't worry about it. That's probably not a big deal. Uh, anyway, the next day, uh, a new monster shows up. Gabora, not Gabra. It's, it's a different one. Okay, Gabora. not Gabora. This, this is Gabora, <laughs> not Gabra. Gabora. Uh, so the uh, Gabora shows up, and he's got a big old drill for a head. Uh, and in the most unrealistic moment in the entire show, uh, <laughs> uh, uh some Americans, American uh, bombers show up. And decide to uh, unleash their whole silo uh, on uh, Gabora, and it doesn't work. And then uh, the Americans call off their attack and leave. And then, ah, we ran out of missiles. (laughs) And then, uh, hilariously, our main characters are like, it's going to take them another six months to reload all their ammo. Okay, Crunch, do you want out? Do you not like listening to a synopsis about this Ultraman show? (laughs) 
Maybe I think he maybe he just wants options. He doesn't want to be locked out. He just wants the option. I want to be able to come into or out of your room freely, sir. (laughs) So, uh, oh, no, bombs didn't work. What are we going to do? If only some kind of giant of light would show up. Guess what? Ultraman shows back up. And this time he's sporting a nice new red coat. That's cool. Uh, he does battle with uh, the kaiju and eventually starts to grow, uh, glow green or not glow green. His like skin turns pallid, uh, and okay. no, there's no hold other indication. There's no other indication <laughs> that anything's wrong with him. He just turns a little bit green, uh, and then he fires his PCM beam and blows up the monster. Yeah, hold it back. Bro. Oh, hold wait. it back. Sorry, <laughs> he doesn't. He punches it really hard, and he then punches it in the face. Yeah, and then it dies. <laughs> Uh, because if he specium beamed it, it would have blown up because it had nuclear energy in it. So, yay! Ultraman saved the day again! Anyway, on the next episode of Shin Ultraman, <laughs> uh, uh, a uh, a new alien shows up and starts hacking a bunch of stuff. E. Gads! It's Alien Zarab! And don't worry, he's totally friendly and he just wants to help out humanity. Everything's totally fine. Uh, and he's like, hey... Uh, you know what, humans, I'm going to like give you the ability to turn into giant monsters. So that's going to be cool. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, our, our, uh, Kamina, who again is just a normal boy. Nothing is wrong with him, but he also can turn into Ultraman because he has something called a beta capsule shows up and is like, Hey, don't do that. Aliens Rob and aliens Rob's like, Okay, but I'm just going to brainwash you. Knocks yep. him out, <laughs> kidnaps him, and uh, then starts getting the prime minister and a bunch of people to sign over the rights to just to Earth. take <laughs> humans for a war at any given point and turn them into Ultraman. Uh, which, that seems weird. That seems like a pretty big thing, but whatever. Uh, anyway, it turns out that actually uh, Kaminaga, uh, a.k.a. Ultraman, planned for all of this to happen, uh, hid invisible ink in his boot, and sent a signal by tapping on his brake lights. So uh, in a scene that is completely unshown to us and just simply told, uh, actually, our main hero is fine, and we know where to get him, and we're going to free him. Yep. Uh, so he co- he shows back up and starts fighting an evil Ultraman. Oh my gosh! It's a it's a it's from the show. It's from the original show. But it's he fights the- evil Ultraman, ends up saving the day. But now Ultraman's on bad footing. People don't like him because there's two Ultraman running around, and he stopped us from being able to turn into giants ourselves. I don't like that. So, <laughs> uh, we now enter the fourth episode. Uh, where we get into uh, 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 Melphius, uh, who Mephilus, af- Mephilus, Mephilus. sorry, uh, Mephilus, the new alien who actually was the reason that all the other aliens have shown up so far. I guess there's that kind of sort of. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah. his whole plan is basically to do kind of the same thing as Zarab. But instead of making us giants just to alter our DNA and make us into monsters? By using the beta box, a by large all... version of the beta capsule. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I really thought that's what Zarab's plan was. So maybe I, I got confused. Nope. Nope. That's it's the same. Oh. It's, it's yep. It's the it's like a weird thing the movie did where okay. <laughs> Zarab's plan is 
basically the same. Like he doesn't have the beta box, but he's yeah. just like his plan but... is I'm going to make them. I can make this gal a giant, and so okay. No, that's that's. Oh Mephilus. wait, Mephilus does the Mephilus big, actually the big girl. Doesn't. You're right, but Zarab still has this weird plan in regards to using humans. Okay, as things in the war, in like a potential war, okay. and it's it's weird, and the plan is basically the same. That's and, what threw me off. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a very weird like double plan from two different aliens within like forty five minutes of the movie, like uh, okay. to, to next to each other. So anyway, Whoop, whoopsies. <laughs> okay, so sorry. It's all good. <laughs> so Rob, fake Ultraman, wants to take over humanity and make them weapons, but only vaguely. Melpheus doesn't really want to be a, a giant Ultraman, but definitely has a plan to turn humans into giant things, and he shows that off by giving us an upskirt shot of uh uh. Uh, Asami, uh, which is, I'll talk about that later, but, uh, 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 he's like, Hey, don't worry. Uh, Melpheus is going to turn her back to normal size so that, uh, uh, like to show you that like, actually, I mean to do you no harm. And everyone's just like, cool. I guess you mean to do us no harm after he kidnapped, brainwashed and transformed against the will of one of the characters of their team. By the way, she's fine with it too. It doesn't seem like it was a, a thought at all, or that was even vaguely invasive. She's okay with it. So, uh, so Melpheus is like, "Listen, Ultraman's bad because look at all the stuff that he's caused so far. If you join up with me, you won't need an Ultraman." And then all the humans are like, "Aces, we can't wait for that." Uh, then <laughs> Ultraman shows back up having uh, revealed that, in fact, uh, uh, the guy who got bonked in the head at the very beginning, uh, Shinji uh, Kaminaga, uh, actually did die when he got his head bonked. And now his corpse is just laying out in the middle of like a field somewhere. Or, the or it's metaphorical. I could Metaphorical really corpse, because it just disappears at one point, like kind of fades to nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like his guilt. It's, maybe it's supposed to represent yeah. something. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, Ultraman, uh, who is now definitely distinguished as a different person inhabiting the body of uh, Kaminaga, and that they kind of have like an impact on each other, but the character is now fully just Ultraman, which so is an interesting yeah. twist. I liked it's, that. It's a weird thing, because yeah, so in the original show, uh, Ultraman is in control of the character, but he's completely acting like the original character. Like he's, he's, he's not, he's completely faking it. Oh, whereas in the movie, they did this thing where no Ultraman is the consciousness that's in control. And like, so he is, he's not acting like himself really because he is Ultraman. So they did this thing where, yeah. Cause at the, by the end of it, uh, like I guess Ultraman it's just weird because fully the first... becomes the person yeah. by the end of the movie. Um, because that, just... that's when the corpse disappears. It's like he yeah. has this quick moment where he's like, you know, like I, I am him and he's within me or whatever. But like, yeah. there's not really a because in the original, like the guy doesn't die. Like, there's no body. There's no like no, he, he he gets blasted his spaceship fused. crashes <laughs> yeah his spaceship crashes and he's like oh you're dying sorry that i goofed that bad i'll revive you by fusing myself with you but then yeah. later in that same episode he's like you gotta use that beta capsule and that'll turn you into a giant to save right you. 
So but then once he leaves him in the show, the guy has no memory no of memory. what happened so, while he was Ultraman. Yeah. So I, I don't. It's weird. Uh, yeah, and, whatever, and the movie whatever. does the, the movie does it weird too. Is I guess what the point is. Yeah. is it's very unclear in the movie. Actually. The movie. I don't know. I'll <laughs> say the movie. I think does a more cohesive job of it yes the show kind of changed its mind as it went along yes <laughs> but regardless sure. melpheus has this plan to turn humans into giants and not like superpower giants but just like them but bigger just giant but people. made out of unbreakable material which yes. is okay that's interesting uh uh ultraman has to find the giant beta capsule uh by sniffing the girl character in a really weird, long-lasting scene where uh, we're introduced to her and she's like, I forgot to shower today. Time to spank my butt and walk into the scene. And then she walks in and then she gets... And they're like, the only way to, the only way to track the beta, beta capsule is to, to, to we... smell you. We're going to track the smell. And we, listen, uh... we don't kink shame here. <laughs> but but it is a little weird <laughs> it's weird that shinji higuchi made the main character shinji kaminaga have to sniff a woman's body odor yes. and get real like all up in there and sniff her all over to to save the day because that's not the original show man i don't know where be, that came from it's supposed to be funny i don't like, think it's funny it, i think it's I, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny it's, it's in the way that like Quentin Tarantino being like, oh, a character spilled some ice cream on her feet. Like, isn't that funny? She spilled ice cream on her toes. <laughs> I mean, because it's supposed to be like, I mean, because I heard people laughing at the scene in my theater. Because, like, it's supposed to be like a, it lasts so long, so it's funny kind of moment. I, you know I, what I, mean? Like, I mean, I get it, but I also, I, it's, I, it is weird. I, I think it, I agree with I've you. I've been bro. playing not, Spot the Fetish for so anything. long now that, like, <laughs> now I'm an expert and, like, <laughs> It is. It is weird. It is a little weird. Anyway, but uh, anyway. So, so okay. So he tracks the the the, the capsule giant... through the plank brain. Yes. Uh, pl- or plank uh, brain. Plan? Whatever plane? brain. Whatever it is. It's. Yeah. It is a real thing in science, but as far as the movie is concerned, they don't explain what it is, so we don't really need to know. Uh, it's just some little alternate dimension thing. Anyway, so he shows up. He grabs the beta capsule for or beta uh not, not not capsule I keep calling it capsule that's the thing he uses strange for beta box yeah he grabs it because it's a giant it like be... coffin sized thing yeah before it can be transferred over uh and then we have our fight with uh with Mephilus. uh Mephilus and him kind of fight to a standstill which is actually what happens in the original show as well okay um and uh they and they kind of and Mephilus during the battle this does not happen in the original show but in the movie he sees uh another ultraman a golden black ultraman kind of standing in the distance he's and like, oh. he's like yeah i'm not going to deal with this this is a big problem <laughs> uh i don't want to be anything any part of this so i'm going to just going to take the beta box and leave hey it's not worth it anymore it's not worth it uh cuz i think he knows what's about to happen <laughs> oh no he absolutely knows cuz earlier there's a conversation like, between oh, him and ultraman the and laws. If you yeah, do anything, like, you're going to be breaking your own laws, Mister. Yep. So, so he know he knows exactly why Zafi is here. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is not going to go. Oh, spoilers. Well. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers for the spoiler section. Uh, yeah. So we tur- turns out that the world of light, or the, the yeah, the the world of light, yeah. um, sent another Ultraman to retrieve our Ultraman, and the, the new Ultraman that shows up, his name is Zafi. This is. In the original show as well, Zafi shows up. He's Zafi is funny because as far as I know, and I could be wrong, so I'm saying as far as I know, 
Yeah. Zafi <laughs> is an Ultraman that doesn't have a show for himself, but he has shown up in a lot of shows. Like he's like he's a known quantity in the Ultraman like canon, but like yeah. he never has gotten his own show to himself. Like he shows up at the original at the end of the original Ultraman. Then I think he shows up in in the uh, Ultraman Returns, the, the the third series, and then he shows up like later on and like you know just like when they go to the World of Light, he's there and everybody yeah. knows who he is. But he's never had his own like show, show. like uh, okay. <laughs> to himself. Um, but anyway, yeah. To continue where where, where we left off, Zoffy's like, hey, guess what? Uh, yeah, you've broken a lot of laws, and humanity is too close to becoming uh, uh, us. So we at the World of Light have determined that this this civilization needs to be wiped out because yeah. in the grand scheme of things, this is just one civilization doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Uh, which is very out of character for the Ultraman in the show. Um, but uh, it works, I guess, in the movie. It's but an anyway. interesting direction to take it because it's basically they're they're space cops. Yeah. Uh, and they're taking that to it's like absolute extreme belief system which is like they hold laws in like you know above life yeah so it is strange that for some reason ultraman it is a little topical i think too like to the modern era of like which we're dealing with cops and that kind of stuff japan that's cool i don't know if they did that on purpose or but whatever i mean that's a reading i mean knowing knowing the knowing the the people involved like higuchi and Anno, i do feel like it was a a bit of a commentary for sure like they they are kind of yeah. So anyway, I and I, you know, I, I don't take know back my the perv accusations. And... They're they're all <laughs> no, right. Zoff <laughs> Ultraman <laughs> said a cab. So okay, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So he's he's like, yeah, we're just gonna wipe out this solar system because yeah, there's it's not worth the risk of them becoming a rival force that could rival us. Yeah. And so he summons. Uh, the final boss enemy of the movie, which is Zeton, yeah, uh, which was the final boss enemy of the show as well. But yes. here, he is not a a kaiju slash robot, just a random monster. He's just a random. He's he's like a, a space station essentially, yeah, like a giant a self assembling. Which I did like because that's also a reference to how Zeton shows up in the old show. Is like there's a hundred, uh-huh. you know, UFOs that just come towards Earth, and they're like, we're uh-huh. gonna kill Ultraman, and then they yep. they do. Yeah, but anyway. So, but like, I love that it's just like these little tiny probes, and they start like disassembling and then reassembling back together into this giant floating. Like it's the, you know, it's like it, it is a kaiju, but it's like T posing. It doesn't move. Yeah. It's just a weapon station that is humanoid in shape. Once again, it's it's yeah, it is very much just a giant space station that looks like the kaiju. Yes. Like, but it is cool. Like, I'm not. Uh, yeah. That's not a negative. I'm I'm saying that's just what it looks like. And I, I once again, when we get to monster design, I the 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 creature design of this movie is fantastic. Yes, across the board. Un, so one, one thunder. So so we'll get there. But anyway, so Zeton's gonna fire basically this giant like basically the. The, the giant sun into the earth and it's yeah. going to explode the solar system and there's nothing humanity can do. And Ultraman is like, well, you know, I, the only thing I can do is try and fight it. So I'm going to go try and fight it. But before he leaves, he leaves a little flash drive for <laughs> the, the nerdy guy in SSP who just had a freak out because he's like, there's nothing we can do. We're useless. And they yeah. run away. Um, but uh, there's a flash drive, which has like the information of how, to build their own beta capsule so that humanity can grow on its own instead of just be given being given 
you know, the advancement of technology. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is cool. I, I actually really liked that moment. Um, uh, because I liked that. That's a, um, that's a trope that sci-fi falls into a lot with like, and we run into an advanced species and humanity is just like, Oh, give us your technology. And it's like, that's never going to work. Like yeah. just stealing someone else's technology is never going to work. We need to kind of discover it ourselves. Yeah. So I like that. That's the movie took that route of like having the aliens yes. try and just give it to us and everybody being like, yeah, let's take the technology. And then the real thing is they <laughs> solve the problem by, by well, using, by the, using, using the formulas and yeah. the stuff to create their own Where it's solution. like, here's how my beta capsule works. Maybe you can figure out some useful, like you can figure right. something out from this. Yeah. And then they take it and build something new using yes. the theories from that. Uh, yeah. Which is very clever because it's also oh, yeah. another way to make humanity be the ones that actually save the day. Which they do in the last episode of the Ultraman TV show. They do. But they do it really poorly where a character yes, it's very poorly. <laughs> shows back, shows up after like it's the last five minutes of the episode. A guy shows up and goes, oh, by the way, we invented this super rocket. You should use this. And then hands, and the guy's like, thank you. And then kills a kaiju with it instantly. Just blows that on up and it's, it's like, over. Oh, uh, you should have just done that before he choked Ultraman to death. <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, think about it. Whoopsies. It's, it's wild. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so Ultraman still has to sacrifice himself for this yeah. to work. So Ultraman uh, wakes up. He He flies into basically he he flies into the sun that's being formed yeah. fire at earth uh it creates a black hole it draws him and zetan in into an alternate dimension zetan starts getting pulled apart and broken ap- apart but the black hole is there and ultraman's trying to fly away can't get away because it's too strong yes and he dies uh and then we get a moment that is literally ripped from the original show with zafi talking to ultraman being like hey wake up like uh, you know like i'm gonna take you back to the world of light now and he's like no if you do the guy the human will die and he's like well what you know and then ultraman's like can you if you split me apart from him i will die but i'd rather him live than 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 me uh live without him and it's like a self-sacrifice moment and, and there's one thing that actually like i'm not trying to compare it to the show too too much but in the show there's a single line that is not in the movie that I actually really appreciated to help understand, even though it's really lame in, in the show, Zafi after Ultraman says that he's willing to do the sacrifice, uh, Zafi says, well, I can actually separate you. Cause I have two, I have lives two lives. Yeah. But in the movie, it's just like, Oh, okay. okay. So it's like, but I don't, we don't know if Ultraman is still alive then in the movie because yeah. The next scene we get is the the human character waking up on the ground, looking up at the, his team. Yeah, and we don't ever see Zafi or Ultraman fly away. So it's it's really kind of ambiguous, and maybe they did that on purpose. But uh, in the in the show, they they definitively say that like no, Ultraman is still alive. They've just been separated now. Whereas in the movie, it's very like yeah, like <laughs> ambiguous. Did Ultraman just die? Like did yeah. like, Zafi rip Ultraman out, and Ultraman's dead, <laughs> and now the human's alive. Like it's it's very weird, and, and with Zafi being kind of a villainous presence, entity, even though he's not yeah. a villain, like he's he's very like you know he's a villainous entity. He's not yes. the bad guy. Well, I mean, he kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, he's a bad guy. He's a, he he's, is he's, he's an antagonist because he's like, but I think it's like he's an antagonist to humanity. Yes, I guess is the way to say it. Yeah, as far as like you know, he's following the code that he's been given by the world of light, but he's not. To humanity, he is the final villain. Like he is the he's, guy that's literally he's just following orders. You know, he's yeah. just he's just a good soldier. <laughs> uh, um, you know, can't wait for the 
<laughs> for the Z- Zafi trial in the next Shin Ultraman. Um, so, yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Is literally the, the smash cut just wake end, up. By the way, yeah, the character's eyes open. They see his friends, and they don't even do the reveal of like he doesn't remember anything, or nope. now he is just Ultraman's consciousness, or anything. Like it's just like whoop, nope. the end. Uh, and then there you go. Which I, like credits. again. There are things that this movie does better than the show, and there are things that the show did, I think, better than the movie. Yeah. Uh, and the end result is this movie that uh, is just too frantically paced for me to follow super well. And I watch, yeah. I watch this movie twice. I usually don't get a chance to watch for special reports. Normally, we watch it once. And yeah, we're like coming from the theater. And we're hot. We've we've got a hot take. We can yeah. just like hit it. And I feel but like, like for this one, we had a little a little extra to yeah. to, to 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 like digest and it I, and I try and I didn't watch the leak when it first came out, so I didn't. You know, I know that like it was leak. Um, what leak? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, I didn't psychically project to Japan to see this. You know, the subtitled version when it sure. came out. Sure. Psychically. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, obviously there are some gaps in my understanding of what was happening in the plot of the film. I'm an old man. Uh, that being said, it is a, it is a convoluted plot. <laughs> There's too yeah. much happening. Yeah. It's it, it, okay. Yeah. It's very, we're going to say this a lot as we move through the rest of the episode. It's very episodic. It's very much four episodes thrown together to make a coherent yes. movie. Yeah. And it doesn't always work as a coherent movie with it yeah. being four separate episodes. Um, and, and I actually, I, I pulled out uh, the episode guide of the original Ultimate show. Okay. For, for this, for the end of the plot. So I could go over really briefly which episodes this movie pulls from. And oh, is like, this the, from this, the not Cedar Creek mill Creek entertainment yeah, the, one. Yes. Okay. The, the little booklet comes with all the, yeah. all the releases. There so are obviously I'll say there's some, okay. I've read some of those. They're pretty funny. Like, oh, because, I'm not going to read them. It would oh, take too okay. long. But, I was going to say, cause um, there's a handful where they, I think they just like forgot to finish a sentence or mm-hmm. like started writing a synopsis and then it trails off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously it pulls a little bit from episode one, but not as much as you think because no. it doesn't use Bemular. No. Uh, it, it really, the plot is, it, it really, it basically just uses the concept of Ultraman crash landing. Yeah. And basically that is like thrown into the plot of episode three, uh, science patrol move out, which is the, which is the Naranga episode. Yeah. Uh, with the, with the Naranga, who's the, who's the little electric kaiju, which we'll talk yeah. about monster design in a bit. Um, and then, um, we skip ahead quite a few episodes to get to episode 18, brother from another planet, Yes, which is the Zarab and the fake Ultraman episode. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the, that's the second episode of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and then the third episode, oh, sorry, I, I, I did skip over, uh, Gabora, but the Gabora episode, they don't really pull much from the actual episode proper. To be in the movie, it's more they kind of other than it being a subterranean kaiju that's yeah. there and has a beam. That's pretty much all they used it for is just to have another fight. Um, but they don't pull any of the plot from that episode. Um, yeah. So yeah. So the Zarab episode is is there. Uh, that's the uh, like I said, brother uh, brother from another planet. Uh, and then uh, we skip forward all the way to episode thirty three. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> for the Mephilus episode. Yeah. Um, now, both the Zarab and the Mephilus episode are severely rewritten as far as like the, the stories. Yeah. Um, like we kind of talked about what we we're doing, the plot. Zarab and and Mephilus in the movie kind of have really similar motivations for why they're doing what they're doing with Earth. Yeah. In the in the show, that's not really the case. They're very different um, as far as they are alien species. In fact, uh, in the in the Mephilus episode, there's actually a moment where uh, Mephilus actually makes projections of some of the other alien species that have already come, and one of them is Zarab. Yeah. Funny enough. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so that's that's that episode. And then, of course, the final episode is uh, episode 39, Farewell Ultraman with Zeton. Yes. Uh, and that is definitely the last episode of the movie is is that final the yeah. final one. Once again, not very many concept concepts directly pulled from that episode, but very similar. Like, obviously, like it's it's Zeton is the main villain. Zoffy's there. Like it's you can tell that's where they drew the inspiration. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I haven't watched it yet because it's it's our episode that we're doing next week, our next full episode, which is uh, Ultraman the Next. But I, I'm very excited to have a conversation when we get to Ultraman the Next uh, about uh, a, a remake slash reimagining. Because yeah. from what I've heard about Ultraman the Next is it's a reimagining of the original Ultraman stuff. And so I'm very curious to, like, go into that one having just seen See this, this, which is very much just a remake of the original I don't want to discredit and say it. it's just a remake because they. Well, it's not just, but yeah. it's, it is. It is a remake. Though. Sorry, it is I, definitively not a to remake. like edit you as you're talking. I just <laughs> I did. I saw the finger wagging on like comments before we even finished. I was like, well, hold on now, because they, <laughs> a, re, a rewrite of the original. Yes. Ultimate. How about that? <laughs> well, I I think my terminology still works the best. It's fan fiction. It's well, fan yes. fiction of the original <laughs> show. Of like someone who's been daydreaming about like if I had have written, if yeah, I had have created this. Here's yeah. how. Here's the tweaks I would have made. Um, it is a. This is what happens when a fan gets a chance to do their screen like their uh their armchair screen doctoring. You know. Yes. Um, and that's wild to me because it still kind of came out a little like flustered. Uh, and that's after you know it's like. Oh my God! How long ago did this? So it was like the '60s. So we're like, oh, don't try and do the years. Don't don't do that to us, Rob. Oh God! <laughs> '60s uh, to now is is that's. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Yeah, wait. Four, did, that's forty years to get us to the to 2000, and then we've got another twenty years wait, after that. I so just, it's I have to see when did the sixty first, years right? When did the it first Ultraman show came out? Uh, come out. Uh, that's sixty nine, sixty four. Hold on, I have the book in front of me. I probably probably says. Oh yeah, no, it came out in 1966. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. So that's a <laughs> yep. uh, that is a, an <laughs> eight, uh, coming up on an 80 year old show here. Oh boy. Um, Yeesh. Yeah. Um, oh boy. Okay, so yeah, you had so 80 I, years to really think about the show and yeah. really think about the flaws in the narrative and the cracks and the the seams that could have been fused together to make a a cohesive narrative. Um, and it, it doesn't quite feel like that's what we got with this. There's really interesting ideas that improve drastically from the original show. That's spoiler. You know what? That's final thoughtsy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ignore me. We'll come back to that. Anyway, when I, get to I, the I was end. just, I, that's all I was saying though, is <laughs> I think, you know, in, in concept, the idea of 
um, reimagining the original Ultraman versus re- like I say remake, but I say that as the broadest term of like let's remake episodes of the original show, you know, and yeah, like you're saying, it, it is more of a rewrite, more fan fiction, but yeah, it, it is still like a remake. Whereas apparently Ultraman the next is a very different thing. So yeah. I am curious to see how that compares, but regardless, we're talking about this movie. So <laughs> let's go through the characters really quick. Uh, Shinji Kaminaga, we kind of already talked about quite a bit, so I don't really want to spend a lot of time on him. Yeah. He is the guy that dies and then is, uh, impersonated, uh, uh, by Ultraman. Uh, the one thing that I don't like with his character in this movie is that we don't get enough of the of him, him as a character he becomes, before. Yeah. Um, well, because they use an excuse where they're yeah, like, "Oh, he was you. because he was a member of basically like I don't know the CIA for Japan or whatever it was." Mm-hmm. Uh, he he kept his life super secretive. He was a really like shut off yeah. secret guy. And then, oh, one of his old coworkers are from the same like group, and she was like, "Yeah, no one knew anything about him." And then, so like they use that as like an excuse about like mm. explaining why like no one notices that he's like suddenly like a weird alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, just really quickly, since we are talking about him, uh, we do. I, I'm sure that's this is a known thing in the in the universe, but uh, we do know that the Ultraman that is in his body. Uh, has the name Lipaya is is the actual name of Ultraman? Of Ultraman, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't um, know that. I didn't know. That I had no that. idea that, but uh, I'm sure it's in the lore already. But um, for for a non super fan, it was interesting to hear that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so he's very off. He's like very like monotone. Very uh, you know, like he's trying to be. He's trying to pretend like there's an alien in heaven in his body. The actor. Is uh, so uh, he's not he doesn't have a lot of energy to him, which is fine for his character. However, that is a big departure from the guy possessed by Ultraman in the original show. Yeah, uh, uh, who is very like you know he he's the he's the stereotypical hero. We don't get to know mo- much about him in the original show, but like he is very like go getter kind of guy. Whereas this guy's more of a I'm gonna stay quiet and kind of hide in the background because I'm Clark yeah. Kent the Superman kind of thing. Um. Anyway, uh, so moving <laughs> away from him, uh, then we've got uh, Hiroko Asami, uh, the main female character of the movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She uh, she's really fun. She's a fun character. Um, they really uh keep. She's like kind of the main focal point character, mm-hmm. human wise, of the group. Yes, uh, she's more the main character of the movie, honestly, than uh. Ultraman or yeah. not, not Ultraman, but the guy possessed by Ultraman. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, cause he, I mean, honestly he gets kidnapped at one point and then he's also missing from the next part cause he's on the run. So like he, he kind of disappears in the background for quite a bit of the movie actually. Yeah. Uh, whereas she's the one that's kind of, you know, always there trying to track him down. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she is, she has these weird, weird things like she always slaps her butt uh yeah. to get her revved up she does like these weird like i don't know she's just she's a weird character in the sense of like i couldn't track down what they were trying to do with her like oh, well, it sounds like a like a 50 something year old man wrote uh wrote this character and uh tried to make her like a spunky young girl that he would <laughs> like that he would really really like <laughs> It's weird, yeah. And then she gets her, she gets the the moment um, 
the the kaiju moment later on where she's she's grown up to be giant. Yep. Uh, but she's under mind control, so yeah. she has like no character to her when she's giant. But yeah. Um, and then but, she's uh, by the way fine with it. Oh yeah, no concern. Which which is funny, honestly, when she gets turned back to being a uh, human sized, she has what happened to her. Her what happens to her memory is very similar to what happens to the main character's memory in the original series when Ultraman leaves. Oh, yeah, because she doesn't have any memory of being large, so they make it a big point of being like, "I was just asleep. What, <laughs> why am I under sheets? Oh, I didn't like, even drink last night. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even drink last night. Is a yeah, it's a big, big moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, like I said, she has these weird quirks that make her make her a fun character. Uh, but uh, yeah. So next up is uh, Aki Akihisa Taki, who is the the resident the nerd, nerd of SSP. Yeah, SSSP. Um, so he he's also yeah he's the nerd. He's the scientist. He's the um he's the guy that's always on his computer. He's the guy that also gets like I said he gets the hard drive or the little flash drive yeah. from Ultraman about like what to do with the beta capsule technology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he works with a bunch of scientists in one scene through VR to, to work. Out yeah. How to make the tech. Um, the only real character moment that he gets is like I said, uh, there's a moment where when Zetson's in the sky and there's literally nothing they can do, he has like a freak out moment where he like yells at Ultraman that there's nothing humanity can do and kind of has a like kind of mental breakdown for a second. Yeah, um, which I mean, a kind of makes sense in the grand scheme of like everything that's happened so far. Ultraman yes. has saved the day. Yes. Um, and so like it, it, I, I, I like that. I like that the way they did that. I yes. really like the idea of like humanity has to ultimately kind of like be the adult in the room kind of thing. Like you can't just let Ultraman save you. So I mean, I, I liked that. I thought that was a very interesting and the way that like they built it up and delivered it worked for me. No, it, I wasn't saying it didn't work. I just, uh, she, uh, yeah, he just had that moment where, yeah, like, once again, I was just trying to say that that was like her big or his, his big, his big, yeah. sorry, I'm already looking at the next character. Oh, that's why I keep saying her. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, anyway, okay, so moving on, uh, so the next character is, uh, Yumi Funaber- uh, Funaberry, yeah. um, she is the biologist for the SSSP, yeah, so she's... she's the one who looks at the kaiju from a biology standard. Yeah. Um, fun and... character, really didn't yeah. get enough screen time, we know that she's got a husband, and, like, she doesn't really lose hope when, like, Zeton's powering up. But she's also just kind of like, you know, kind of like in the tide of all the other characters yeah. for the most part. She's she's very, um, yeah. She 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 doesn't give up. She's she's very like, I mean, what's the point of giving up? Because like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's either we just give up and die, or we can attempt to do something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she's fun. Uh. There, there's a really funny moment with her where. Uh, they get arrested after uh, helping Ultraman steal oh, the yeah. <laughs> box, and she's like stress eating. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just really, really funny. Yeah, very relatable character moment. The, um, all the acting is great. Speaking of great acting, we do need to talk about Tamura, uh, the leader of the leader. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, played by the guy who was just in that uh, Drive My Car movie, which is a lot. That's that's a, there's a lot happening in that movie. Uh, great actor. Uh, uh, 
Hidetoshi uh, Nishijima. Uh, <laughs> I've really I nailed the first name. Them just could not just could not get, get over the, the finish line. Um, um, he was also uh, for for Yotoku fans out there. He's also uh, in uh, Common Rider Black Sun. Really? Uh, I think he's the main guy in Common Rider Black. Oh, Sun. you're right. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's 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 an actor that's been in a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah he's great. Sure. A lot of yeah, all the actors were just a treat. Uh, all the villains were really fun. Uh, mm-hmm. The and like yeah, that's just the SSP. I mean, we haven't even talked about uh, Mephilus yet. Uh, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna save him for when we talk about the monsters because technically he is a monster. That's so. very true. His we'll monster design. He looks like a guy. <laughs> he, he looks like a human, but uh, he does have a monster form. Um. All right. So. Um. So yeah. So the the those are the main characters, and I I do want to stress. Um. One of my biggest uh complaints from Shin Godzilla always was I never connected with any of the characters. Um, and that is not the case here. Like, I actually really liked the characters in this movie. Like, honestly, like the human characters were actually really, really well done. Uh, really fun, really, really entertaining to watch. Really, like as you're saying, the acting was great across the board. Um, and yeah, they, the, the, the human actors or the human characters, it felt like they had stuff to do in this movie, even though they were just watching a lot of it, it did still feel like they were, they were like part of everything. So I, I liked the structure of that. Yeah. Um, all right, so here we are, monster design. Okay, oh, so this, uh, there's a lot <laughs> going on here because there's the entirety of the Ultra Q backlog. Yes, so there's a few that are going to be very easy to get through and some that we're going to take a, sp- a little bit of a time with the Ultra Qs, even though they're only in like the first five minutes Two of the seconds. movie. Some of them are there for yeah. seconds of screen they, time. <laughs> but one of them specifically, the first one, is a really fun reference so i want to take some time talking about his design because i still i'm absolutely in love with it that's true um so starts off the movie uh we get our first ultra q monster to show up and it's shin gomez Uh, the first ultra q monster in ultra q is gomez uh but this is shin gomez because he looks like shin godzilla so if you don't know the backstory if you've never seen anything ultraman uh in the original ultraman the first monster that shows up is a godzilla suit that they basically strapped a bunch of pieces to yeah and like Walrus made it a new tusks, monster. Fur. <laughs> hey, uh, go back to our first uh, signals episode to hear me yeah. and Kyle talk about that yep. monster design. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they they strapped a bunch of pieces to it. So obviously, like with this being Shin Ultraman, and we just had Shin Godzilla, they they were like, why don't we take the Shin Godzilla design and do the same thing? Let's just strap pieces to him to make like him look like Shin, like Gomez. Um, and it's a fantastic design. It it's look, fun. It's so cool. It's so much fun. Um, he's got the tusks still, he's definitely still got the Shin Godzilla face yeah. and eyes. Uh, and then he's got like a big old giant horn coming out of the top of his head. And then yeah. like a couple of other little horns coming out the side. Yeah. Um, and his dorsal plates are completely different. Um, but he does still have the big flopping Shin Godzilla tail. Ooh. And they gave, okay. So what they did is it, Gomez had these dual spikes at the end of his tail. Yeah. And what they did is they used Shin Godzilla's like mouth, mouth section tail? at the back. Yeah. Mouth tail at the back and like extended the upper and lower jaws yeah. to be like the spikes on Gomez's uh, tail. And it's, it's, it's so fun looking. It's so cool. Uh, uh, an absolute hoot. Very, very yeah. good. Um, and, and once again, it only shows up for, for a brief second, but uh, maybe I remember, Maybe that maybe Gomez's design is like indicative of the whole movie. If mm-hmm. you're 
familiar with Ultraman the way we're familiar with like Shin Godzilla and Gomez, yeah. you know? Oh, I'm sure. And once again, I just <laughs> want to stress, I have a few problems with one design and that's Ultraman, but across the board for everything else, I think they did a great job of like updating designs and yeah. like, like, you know, I don't know. I, I really, I really liked the Kaiju in, in this movie. Um, like it was fantastic. Um, so next up, uh, we get to see the flower very briefly. The one that Rob forgot that we get to see. Um, <laughs> it's just a flower. It's just a giant flower that's yeah. overtaken a city. Um, yeah, the mammoth flower is what it's called. Um, and then, uh, we get another flash to, I think, uh, oh God, uh, what is it? Uh, par, uh, Pagula, 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 yeah. Pagula or whatever. It's the, the big, uh, ice the boy. Big ice, I see, I see walrus bird boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you love to see it. Describe him. <laughs> um, you, you don't get to see him very clearly in the movie. It's, he's ca- always covered by snow. Uh, but it's a cool, it's a cool thing to see. It's a cool design to like, to see. Uh, you know, once again, just like slightly updated to be, to be Shin. Uh, then we get to see, uh, uh, Lerugius, which is the giant bird. Uh, once again, just for a brief shot, uh, nothing crazy. It's just a giant bird. Uh, then we get to see the giant snail is next for a brief second, which is really, really, really cool. He was one of the cooler, uh, ultra Q monsters. Uh, he's got like a bunch of drills on his uh, yeah. shell. Uh, it's very, very fun. Um, and then the final monster. Now this one, I actually do have a slight problem with. Um, we get to see pa- uh, Pargus. Uh, is that what it, how, how you pronounce it? Par, par, is it just Pargus or Pargius? Uh, Pargo, uh, Pagos, Pagos. Yeah. Sorry, there's no R. Um, so, okay. Here's my issue with Pagos. Um, so this is, this as well as Naranga and Gabora, which we're about to talk about, are part of the, the Baragon, let's throw a different head on a Baragon suit yeah. and make it a new monster. Um, now in the movie, they have Pagos and Gabora specifically that they say are related to one another because they're both radiation kaiju, which is true. Yeah. It's not breaking canon. However, they redesigned Pagos to look like the movie uh, Gabora and it doesn't, it's, it doesn't look like the, the original Pagos at all. Like the original Pagos has a very dinosaur head. Like it's yeah. like literally like a dinosaur face. Whereas in the movie, they just gave him the, 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 like the, the shit, like the weird, like metal shell face that, uh, Gabora has inside of its drills. Like, it's just that weird, like, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, we're about to get to describing it, so it's going to be hard to describe, but, um, I don't know. I, it was just weird because the movie, like, first of all, it's the last one we see. We only get to see Pagos for a split second in the little Ultra Q opening. And then, like, when Gabora shows up, the movie is obsessed with connecting the two. Like, it's like, it's just like every every other line is them being like, oh, it's just like, it's just like Pagos. It's just like Pagos. It's just like Pagos. But it's like, we didn't see Pagos. <laughs> Yeah. So like for a non like fan that's really into it, like you're gonna be like, what the heck is a Pagos? Like, what are they talking about? Yeah, because Pagos only shows up for a split second. So anyway, that, that's minor complaint. Um, but they did keep the Baragon look to all three of these kaiju. They didn't like change it too much. Like you can still see the Baragon, um, like back, like not dorsal plates, but the back like design. Yeah, on all all of the all of the Baragon uh Baragon kaiju, um. 
So anyway, uh, and then finally we get to our our next or the actual uh, big, 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 you know, first monster, which is Naranga. Yeah. Um, now Naranga uh, is kept pretty much exactly uh, as far as like the design uh, elements from the original show, except just updated to be a little bit more modern. Uh, so he's got these big old, big old chompers uh, with like a really red mouth. Like his mouth is like yeah. bright red on the inside, uh, which is filled with teeth. Um, he's got a big, big old horn on the, on the front of his nose. Uh, and then he's got these cool, like wispy, like antennas that go backwards that flip forward whenever he fires his electric beam. Yeah. Um, uh, he's got big old hands with like way too many digits on him. I think he has like six digits on his hands. Um, <laughs> and uh, his coloration is very, uh, it's a gr- like a brownish gray. And then his back is a, a very bright, bright and vibrant yellow uh, going down his back, all his little spikes on his back. Um, as I said, his, his special ability, he, uh, well, first of all, he eats electricity. Uh, that's, his, that's his thing. Uh, and he is the one that can also, uh, he, it, no, yeah, he can cloak. That's his, that's his big, his big thing is he can kind of go invisible, um, which is pulled directly from the original show. Um, he is of course defeated by Ultraman by a, uh, Specium Blast. Um, but, uh, yeah, we get, once again, he's, he's, he's the, he's the opening Kaiju. He's the first one that we get to see with, with all the action. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else to say with him. Um, uh, can you think of anything else to add for no, him? I mean, no, they do a really good job of updating the design from the original show, which I, I liked. I really like that you can see the DNA of the old monster design. Yeah. I mean, and this is true of all of the designs. Yes. But you can see the look of the old monster in this new monster. But it is not just like a one-for-one copy or a cheap imitation. It is a right. lovingly recrafted version yes. uh, of a kaiju from this like 60s movie or TV show. Was it? So yes. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great. Um, all right. So next up would be Ultraman, but I'm going to save him for the end. I'll, we'll talk about both Ultraman back-to-back. Fair. Um, the Drill so, Boy. Drill Boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, G- G- Gabora, Gabora, uh, who uh, has big old long drill tails, uh, a plated <laughs> like you know ankylosauri kind of body, and then he's got what looked like just a giant drill for a head. Oh wait, it pops open, and inside is a craggy little like modern day like uh, Xenogears boss. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. very skeletal glowing blue eyes and chompy uh teeth on the outside it's a skeleton head uh with like this big flayed open uh drill as like a kind of like blooming flower like mane around its head very cool design you love to see it uh when he he can either use it to drill underground or when he pops up he can spin the frilled open uh uh blades to create uh, a, a a special laser that definitely is not a reference to anything else <laughs> legally, I'm guessing, according so, to Toho, maybe. 
Okay, so one one thing that I actually do want to do want to add, I I didn't realize this until I looked at the design a little further. Yeah. So the the two things are not actually tails; they come off of his back. He has oh, a tail. Oh, it's under- like wings. Okay. Yeah, they're like these weird, like two drill wings. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So okay. So in the movie, so we'll talk about this right here real quick. <laughs> so when this movie first came out in Japan, uh, I I had read from uh, one of our patrons that there were two go- two Godzilla references in the or well three technically if you count Gomez uh, in the movie, uh, and one is of course uh, the Shin Godzilla opening where the the paint swirl forms Shin Godzilla before it switches to being Shin Ultraman, which is a reference to the original show, and it's much cooler when you realize that's what it is. Then there is uh, 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 Gomez, of course. <laughs> and then finally, there's a with, with Gabora, his beam is very much just like Shin Godzilla's beam, but blue. Um, and there's a character that says it's just like Godzilla's, and you can hear him say it in Japanese if you're watching the subs. Um, and like the subtext does not say the line as it is in Japanese, <laughs> and it was really funny talking to Kyoe about it because. I, I I sent her the the like what they say and Kyoi was like yeah that's not what they say <laughs> and I was like oh really um so they removed a Godzilla reference now Rob has a theory and I I think he's right that this is a legal thing like for some you know for the international markets having two Godzilla references in the movie was too much <laughs> or something like Toho was like now you got to pay us for that second one yeah so the well it's it's so weird because. Multiple times they're like, "Oh, it's the same as Pagas." Oh, remember his nasty breath? Oh man, what could this thing have? Three times they say uh-huh. this thing could ha- like do something new with its breath. You know, yeah. oh, what nasty thing does this radioactive monster have in store for us? And then the third time when it's finally firing its beam and it has the Shin Godzilla sound, uh, <laughs> that like high pitched whistling, which admittedly is just the like you know show up like breath roar but keyed up i think uh it uh, like they say it again like oh this is the nasty beam he had in store for us now admittedly it could be that this is supposed to be like a prequel thing so and so they're like oh wait we now we want to since because this is like after this came out is when they announced that they're going to do the shin universe thing yes yes so it's very very possible that's not a legal thing it is a overdub correction where they're like oh well what if actually all the events in this lead to because you know maybe there's the ssp was running around while shin godzilla stuff was happening or whatever yeah i don't know so the the line of dialogue that they changed it to in the subs and in the dub is then it can fire a nasty beam too yeah is the lies what the translation says it is yes the translation is actually it's just like Godzilla's beam. And the guy goes, Nani? And then it fires, and it's very much Godzilla's beam. And it's like, ah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, it, it is a weird thing. It's just a weird subtitle thing, slash dub thing that they that just cut for like all markets except for Japan, uh, obviously, where they didn't need the subs. So the dialogue is just the dialogue. Um so yeah, just just as a funny little reference, I wanted to throw that in before we before we moved <laughs> on. Um, all right, so uh so next up. Uh, we have Zarab, Alien yeah. Zarab. Um, okay, interesting change. He's a weird hollow, like three D printed monster. Where, like, yeah. in the movie or in the show, he's like you know big, butthole mouthed 
guy with like you know a giant head on top of like you know his shoulders like the suit uh-huh. is a big flat round head with like these beady little eyes and a little like sphincter mouth i i called it a butthole mouth when i watched it in the the thing <laughs> so in this they take a very similar shape to it he's got like the weird like glowing blue eyes he's got the tiny little mouth but he's hollow he's a hollow person like he's just yeah, like the front really facade cool. of his body and so when he walks around and he turns he's like like it's like a paper mache monster but just like the front half of it yeah it's cool it's really weird I, I, it's a really cool design and, and like honestly him and mephilis both have these really interesting little design elements that they that they changed yeah. like um and we'll, we'll get to mephilis in a second but uh but yeah i honestly like once you see that he's really hauled out because you don't see it at first because he's like wearing a trench coat with a hat which is a reference to the original show yeah uh but like once you get to see him from the behind and you see that he's like this hollowed out like he's only the front facade yeah like, i don't know it's very cool and and then he's got like he's got this thing with his hand uh where he has like this glowing like electrical energy yeah thing that Alchemy he uses to manipulate from yeah, uh, <laughs> full metal alchemist <laughs> he uses it to manipulate um uh, electricity is kind of his ability. Uh, but the, the cool thing about it being this hollowed out suit too, is like, so the front of him is like a gray color and the hollowed inside of his back is like a bright red. So you really can tell, especially during the fight with him and Ultraman in the city. Um, it, you can really see like how he's, how he is that yeah. hollow, just like front. So it's, it, I don't know. It's very cool. It's a way to make a humanoid alien look very alien. Um, you know, like Star Trek and stuff have problems with that all the time where it's just like a dude wearing a mask and you're like, okay, or like a dude wearing just like 20 <laughs> years and you're like, uh, oh, sure. Okay. Hey, but here I, I know <laughs> I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like, this is a cool way to make a 1960s era alien look alien. Yeah. Like it, with a redesign is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I really, I really like Zareb's look. Um, so of course, Zareb does the fake Ultraman thing. So he shows up as a fake Ultraman. Uh, um, and I'm going to give props to the original show for making a cooler evil yes, Ultraman. I agree. Cause uh, this, I don't think it's different enough. No, I its think... eyes are slightly more pointy, which admittedly, slightly. which admittedly would maybe trick more people into believing the situation. Right. Yep. Which maybe is like making they were him like, look slightly evil. You yeah, know? And it's like oh, his eyes are slightly different, so we know oh, he's evil, right? But yeah, you know, like in the old show, like he had elf shoes, he had the curled up elf shoes, he had big evil Belial eyes, pre Belial, yep. and like he has like, black lines on his suit underneath yeah. the red. And so when he uh, shows up and he's like going like, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's Ultraman. It's like, are you guys blind or something? <laughs> uh, whereas in this one. I mean, and maybe that's why they they toned it down so 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 much. Yeah, where it's just like I mean, they. I see why they did the design, it, but I don't know if I like it though. I, I love. Uh, I personally agree. I love evil uh, twin Ultraman because he looks because it's you know I, I I thought that was really fun because he's a weird design you know. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think yeah, I, I think it's just like. It's just one of those changes that, like, I personally don't agree with, uh, which is what my conversation with Ultraman is going to be when we get oh. there, <laughs> uh, with w- one very specific element. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so there, that's that's Alien Zarab, uh, and now here we are with Mephilus. So let's talk about the human version of Mephilus really quickly before we get to the cool uh, creature design. Oh, that actor. Who's that actor? Um, uh, where is he? Uh, Koji Yaman, um, Yamamoto is yeah. the actor's name. 
Um, yeah, uh, he's great as this like s- smarmy, uh, like alien, like guy. Well, like I love like, him so much. I love I love uh, business villains where they're just like really cool and casual about like their horrifyingly evil plan, and it's just like, yeah, no, this is just like you know, I'm just mm-hmm. going to enslave humanity. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Uh, they have a talk at one point, which I'm, I don't think it's, I like it enough to have it in my least favorite moment. And it's not like annoying enough to have my, my, or sorry, it's not good enough for my favorite moment. Not bad enough for my least favorite moment because there are things about it I don't like, which are editing related, Yeah, but he's having a conversation with, uh, Ultraman in this park. And so there's all these families playing, there's these kids. And as he's talking about his plan to do some truly heinous stuff about turning, these children into soldiers, invincible giant soldiers uh, for a war that he may one day have to fight, uh, right. which I, it isn't whatever. You know what? No, I, I'll that's a that's a cinema sensey kind of thing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you see these like kids playing and then you see them disappearing. And I uh-huh. thought that like was such a good. So you have this empty park where there was like all these children playing for a while. And as he kind of like hits the crescendo of what his plan is, all the humans leave. They're all gone. Suddenly there's not seeing them leaving or running away. They all just vanish. And that is such a stark, shocking, horrifying, like this, like ultimately this is what the end goal of his like plan will be is like by turning all humans into like subjugated, like weapons, to be able to be used in wars, there is no like childlike wonder anymore. And I thought that was such a great, like, oh, what a good moment. What a good delivery. The problem is that it's like no scene in that segment lasts more than two seconds. Yes. Yes. yes <laughs> so yes. it's like clip, 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 clip. Rob, I'm going to send you something about this actor because my God. Uh, so in the Full Metal Alchemist movie, live action, yeah, he plays Armstrong. <laughs> How? What? Look at the picture. Look at the picture. Wait, did you send me a? Hold on. I just sent. I sent it to you. Hold Look on. Hold picture. on. Hold on. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I saw it on his IMDb. I was like, no way. <laughs> uh, no. I love way. this. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, he's kind of like a slight man. I don't know. So they airbrushed, they airbrushed like his pecs, but like, yeah. he's just, a, he's a broad guy. Yeah. Uh, but boy, oh boy, they gave him the hair and mustache. Oh, yeah. And oh, uh, <laughs> that's incredible. 10 on 10 it's favorite actor. Phenomenal. <laughs> incredible okay so uh okay so uh then mephilis does uh grow big uh with his little beta box niter which is a very cool uh um little henshin kind of device which i yeah. love um so he turns into his main alien form and he, he grows big to fight ultraman um so uh his design is it's not uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? It's not as different from the original as uh, Zarab. Like Zarab's, yeah. like they really did some creative things. I think with Mephilus, what they did that was creative though, like was his hands. Like yeah. I, when uh, you see it a little earlier, when he like is removing data from the internet, and you see that his hands actually have like multiple levels to he's them. Got, yeah, well, it's like he's got 
he's got 10 digits on each arm. Yes. Uh, because, like, yeah, the second hand kind of pops up on top of the other hand. Yes. Which is very cool. Very, very fun. Uh, very, 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 very fun little element. Um, as far as what he looks like, uh, so he's a he's a pretty svelte. He's a much uh, leaner version of Melpheus than like the, the traditional version. He's very like, I mean, it's very dude in a, a big like inflated suit. So he's got yes. big old hips and a beer gut and like floppy noodly like pecs and arms, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, oh, and when we say 10 digits on each hand. They do fold back on top of each other. Yeah. So like when he's when he's just standing there, it looks like he has just just human five hands. fingers. Yeah. But you can see these red this red line that goes across his entire fingers, and that's where they split to become yeah the other digits. It's just it's a very cool little little yeah. thing. Like he when you see him uh, grabbing the spacium ray, it's really fun because you see all the digits like grab onto the ray as yeah. he's like holding it. It's it's just a lot of fun. Um. So yeah, he's just he's he's mostly black. Um, he's got a lot of cool like lines and and like elements to his suit. But the thing that's most most people will like like know him from is the is his head, of course. Yeah, well, he's got where... that silver frill all the way around, like his uh, from his ears down to what would be his chin, uh, and then. Uh, and so like the old Melpheus, like it kind of looks like he's got a, a big yellow mouth and then blue eyes up at the top. Whereas in this one, his eyes are his eyes and that yellow dot are almost kind of like in the same place. So it looks yeah, he's like, got a he's got a visor. It's like a Gigan visor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the blue line. It's a blue line now instead of it looking like eyes. Yeah. And then he's got the yeah the big like I would almost call it like a Boba Fett uh, <laughs> visor. Yes. That's a big yellow with lights underneath that light up when he talks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. I don't know. He's a very cool design. He's very cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, the cool update for once again, a nice update from the original. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not like super updated that you can't tell what it originally was, but it's, it's a very fun, uh, fun little update as far as the visuals are concerned. Yeah. Um, oh man. Also, I gotta give a shout out to the soundtrack at that point, but oh, anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, so, so Zeton moving on to Zeton. Yes. Okay. So Zeton, Zeton is very different in this movie, uh, in a good way. As I said earlier, uh, he's, is he is in the original, he's just another monster in a suit. Basically. It's just another dude. Um, the most, the most distinguishing thing about him in the original is, uh, the lights on his face and the big yellow, yellow things on his chest. His basically. yellow, his yellow boobies. <laughs> his yellow boobies. Yeah. Which um, now in this one, they're even more pronounced. Yes. <laughs> they um, are, uh, glowing sacks that can pop open and fire like. Yes. Suns? Lasers. Lasers? <laughs> the suns. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, uh, so it is a giant, mechanical thing in a t-pose it is humanoid so it's got two legs and arms it's got a torso and a head the big difference is that like they're all kind of like very loosely connected with like thin bits of metal and then big plate armor right uh its arms are lined with all these like tiny little red dots that can fire lasers out of mm. uh it's like chest has these two big heaving large tracks of land um and uh it, its head is this very narrow thin kind of like uh like there's a yellow spike and then like an x 
of black across it, and then two like horns of big, silver, like antenna, yeah, yeah, big orange, a big, a big uh, black antenna that come off the top yeah. of its head. And then there's yeah. this pulsating golden light beaming mm-hmm. up and down in that yellow like center thing that slowly mm-hmm. unfolds and turns into a sun generator <laughs> that yeah. is going to wipe out all of humanity. Uh, huge, uh, like ginormous, like uh, yes. Ultraman looks as big as a normal human to Ultraman does. So it's like this thing is like this thing is like Godzilla Earth size. Like this thing is like 300 meters tall, at least, I'm sure. Like because, yeah, because Ultraman is 60 meters. So he's just like tiny compared to it. Um, But yeah. And uh, once again, it's a big change from the original. But I think it's a fun change because Zeton Zeton has always kind of been robotic in all of its appearances anyway. Yeah. Uh, Even though it's never actually confirmed to be a robot, I don't think. Um, I think it it just looks kind of very robotic. And all it does is go Zeton. Like, you know, it doesn't have like a lot of personality. Um, which, which they do use the, the, the term, the, the, it's saying Zeton. Yeah. Uh, and it's a big reveal moment. Um, uh, but yeah, that's a sound design thing too. Cause they, they, they do use the yeah. sound effect from the original show. That's very fun. Um, but yeah, it, it, so like, like we're saying, it's kind of, it isn't really more a kaiju that he fights. It's more of a, like a space station in this interpretation, but yeah. I think it does work really, really well. Um, and yeah, so moving on now we're at the Ultraman. Um, so we've got Zafi and the original, the, the main character. So Zafi, I want to talk about first. Weirdly. He's got the biggest change. I think he uh, does in his coloration and in the fact that he doesn't have little uh, like armor bumps, like bolts anymore. <laughs> yes. They got rid of his like chest plate armor that he, that he has, um, yeah. which I'm mixed on. I think they could have. They could have actually like put the the armor bits into his design, the gold design that he has, and I think it would have been really cool. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, that's just me wishing for it to be a little bit closer to the original. Um. So. Uh, yeah. So he he and he, I wanted to talk about him first because he is just he's a golden black version of the main ultraman design yeah um uh, now the thing is is that uh when we get to ultraman there are some slight variations with the other ultraman uh they basically what they did is another reference to the show where in the original ultraman show there were actually uh three masks and costumes that were throughout the show, basically as they got a little bit more budget as the show was doing well, yeah. they updated the costume slightly like three different times. Um, and they kind of did the same thing to the Ultraman design where like his face slightly changes like about three or four times throughout <laughs> the movie. Uh, it, if you're looking for it, you'll notice it. If not, you're just gonna be, Oh, it's just Ultraman. But like when he first shows up, like his mouth is completely different and he's got like a weird shaped head and stuff like that. Oh, I missed Zoffy, that entirely. Yeah. Zafi specifically takes uh, from the final design that yeah. we have with Ultraman, where he's very he's very close to who he is in the show. He doesn't look as alien as that like first image that we got. Where remember with the Ultraman's just standing on the coastline and it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's unsettling. <laughs> um, he doesn't look as alien, funny enough. Uh, but uh, they do a lot of weird camera tricks with Zafi, where they do this like weird. <laughs> face thing some that makes fish his face eye. look well, really wide because there's <laughs> some fish eye they go hog wild on the fish eye lenses in the 60s show and i think they were trying to emulate that mm-hmm. but like 
that it's just supposed to be like these dreamlike segments where it's like, oh, mm. whereas this, like, it almost looks like, you know, like when a character is about to like break in an anime, they go, yeah, psychotic, like a mental break kind of thing. And they're yeah. like, <laughs> and the camera gets right on their forehead and their eyes go all like pug eyed. They're like looking either way. Yeah, he looks like that a lot. And then like the villain's like, and that's when I killed your mother or something. And he's like, I'll kill you, you know, and then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so once again, he's, he's golden black. Um, he does have some, some little, little, little things that make him different from the main Ultraman design. Like he's got like some extra striping around his, yeah, he's got like, cause his, his body is gold with these black highlights, right? Mm -hmm. The black highlights are kind of like a big, like bird shaped crest on his chest. And he's got some like little designs on his elbows. He's got black pants on and he's got like little tiny black lines to delineate that he's wearing boots. Or I guess you could say that like theoretically he's wearing like black armor that only covers his nipples. It's hard to delineate. I'm just, I'm, I'm assuming his body is gold and that he's wearing little black stripes because that makes it easier to describe. (laughs) And then, Around each of the major segments of his body that have black, there's a secondary thin black line outlining yes. that. So uh, whereas Ultraman is just solidly silver with red highlights, you get like this more intricate design on Zafi, which is neat. Yep. It's an indication that there's like physically there's a difference as opposed to an Ultraman suit that we added like some like bolts onto. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I, and I, I, I don't, I like the new design. I just yeah. kind of think that they could have put the bolts on there just yeah, as a, not? a reference. reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So yeah. So once again, it, he looks, he looks more like the final form of Ultraman that we have at the end of the, at the end of the movie where he fights Zedin. Um, now to go into the, 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 the Ultraman that we have for the, the main, the main Ultraman, the main character, um, like I was saying, so when he first shows up, uh, when he's the most alien, um, his he has an actual mouth. Yeah. Like instead of it being like the facsimile of a mouth that he kind of has later on with just when it, when it's the, what he's a the Ultraman that we know. Like the it's it's once again it's a reference to the show because in the show the first Ultraman that we see the first mask that you see in, in the original Ultraman is not the one that you remember. No, from it's Ultraman. like a it's uh, very like different, roughly hewn clay yeah. mask. It's just like slapped together, and then yeah, and then they they eventually make it a helmet, and once it becomes the helmet, that's the thing that we know as yeah. the Ultraman head. Um, so one thing that they did remove, uh, just to keep it to make it more like an actual thing, is they removed the little uh, the eye holes underneath the eyes. Yeah, uh, those never those never appear. And then the one thing that I'm going to harp on for a second <laughs> is the removal of the color timer. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, here's the thing. I know why they removed the color timer because the original concept for Ultraman was no color timer. Yeah. So he wanted to go back to that. He wanted to to go back to the reference of that. Um, and I get it, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that decision. What I'm not fine with is that the movie then still does the color timer because they need a, oh, he gets weaker the longer he's there. So they do this thing where all the places where you would see red on Ultraman uh, it turns green. They fade green. Yeah, he gets sick um, when he runs out and, of power. And the problem with this change is a couple of things. Number one, it seems really lazy. <laughs> like it seems like oh, we had this very 
distinct, very Ultraman thing that everybody knows. Everybody knows the color timer and the beeping, and the, it's a very big Ultraman thing, and you removed it. Okay. But you're still going to have to show him getting weaker, so we're just going to color him a different color and hope people, like, get it and can see it. Because it's specifically in the Zetan fight at the end, when he's in space, it's a very wide shot the entire fight. So you, unless you're specifically looking for him to change color, you cannot tell that he's getting weaker. Hmm. Like, it's just, it's so wide. It's like Ultraman, once again, like we were saying, Ultraman's tiny in the frame because Zetan's so big. So he changes color halfway through the fight, like he's when he starts losing. But yeah. you can't see it because there's no indication of it and we never get a close-up of it. So that's one of the problems. And I have a simple solution, and that simple solution would be to keep the beeping sound. Like, if you're going to remove the timer, that's fine. But when he turns green, there should have been an auditory... I feel like or some, something I don't know similar because some of the scene the fight scenes in this have to last longer than they would in like a TV show, and that means you're going to be listening to that for 15 minutes. <laughs> you don't have to do the exact sound, but I'm saying like something auditory of like him switching, yeah, uh, switching to being weak because there's not really any visual representation of it like as far as how he fights either, mm. which is another change from the original show. Because in the original show, once yeah. that color uh. timer started beeping, uh. he starts like <laughs> like kind of woozy. Yeah. <laughs> but in this, he's just kind of still just, he's just the way he is. So yeah. it just, there's, it's a change that I thought I was going to be okay with. And then when I saw the movie, the more it happened, I was kind of upset. I was like, this is a little weird. I don't, I think there was a better way to do that change. Mm. Um, and uh, Joe Jira in our Discord actually brought up uh, that there is an Ultraman. I don't remember which one. I'd have to look it up. But there was an Ultraman where they didn't do the color timer, but they did his eyes changing and blinking oh. whenever he got weak. And like, I was like, you know what? Even that would be, have been a little bit better. Like, even if you don't have the beeping, like just some some sort of actual like, N real physical change other than just the colors getting a little dull like yeah i don't know i just i, I disagree with the change I, I, mean, I didn't like it i i i guess ultimately like yeah the color timer is super iconic and the the lack of it is confusing for such a self-referential piece of media but I, I was fine with it. Uh, I I can imagine like how like hearing that fifteen times in one movie because like here's the thing: other movies, right, have follow a three act structure like the Belial movies we've watched. The like the the other movies in the recent canon tend to typically follow a three act structure. So typically, he only has the be do be do be do maybe like three times. If you did that in this movie. It would be every 20 minutes or every, no, not even, every 15 minutes, there would be a protracted three to four minutes of the movie where it's just throughout the entire thing. And like it would remove from the drama because they don't care about tension. Tension is not this movie's goal. Drama right. is this movie's goal. So the reason for that change is because they wanted to focus more on the drama of, you know, him losing. Uh, that being said, like, yeah, obviously it would be nice if there was some more visual indicator that our character is starting to lose. Have mm -hmm. him wobbly, have him like struggling to like, you know, fire a specium beam or something. Some kind of like indication because like just whoop, he just turns green and then we have a character go, Oh, green means he must be getting weaker in like the very, very beginning. Yeah. It's like, 
okay, they got away with that in like a 60s kids cartoon show, but like, yeah, I, <laughs> I just, it's not a, like, once again, I think it's just not a vibrant enough change. Like, I think because yeah. it's just like, like his silver should have dulled something like that should have changed. Like yeah. his whole body should have had like a shift to a different color. That would have been like, uh-oh. instead of him being, yeah, bright silver. Yeah. Maybe he dulls to like a gray, like, yeah. you know, or something like that. I think something and, and do the green as well, but just like have both of them happen so that like, it's not just like, Oh, is he green or red right now? I can't see. He's so Especially, tiny in the frame. Well, like, what is it? It's really bad in the final fight because he's also like being blasted by giant red lasers. Over yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he's spinning in a circle, <laughs> like a di- making yeah. himself a frisbee. So okay, so yeah, so that's another thing. So while we're while we're here talking about the Ultraman design, yeah. Um. So yeah, let's talk about his powers. So he's got sure. the he's got the ray. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He also still he they gave him the uh the buzz saws yep. which is really fun that's really good uh, and then he does the flying like so it's the traditional they basically just replicated what the puppet looks like when it yeah, was so flying his, his arched back like doing a yoga pose to like help pop your back into place yes flying through the air completely stiff emotionless. Yes. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. And then you've got, and then he's got the, uh, the weird spinny flip, uh, which I know is a direct reference to the show, but it still looks a little goofy. Um, I guess like, I don't in mean the in the show, in the show, I'm more forgiving of it because it's like, oh, this is the sixties. It's, we've got like yeah. uh, three days to film this before we have to send it to the editor because it's coming out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll just attach it. Like it's, you know, like. Oh, what a great idea. He'll spin kick a thing. So we'll just yeah. like have the little doll on its little spinny deal and then we'll just have it kick a thing like a like a pinball uh uh like a soccer uh not yeah. pinball. Yeah, pinball. Like a soccer game of in pinball where you just like <laughs> spin the guy really fast. Um it does it does stand out in this and especially like I I think it's it's another part of that don't take this seriously it's supposed to be fun moment. Right. That just kind of pulls me out a little bit of like what's happening just, with the rest. Yeah, it's not it, like it's not <laughs> I'm like a, I'm a curmudgeon. I'm being a curmudgeon. I should yeah, be no, so, mean so about I. this. I, so am I. I'm being a little <laughs> bit mean about it, but I, like it's just a little weird. Like I just feel like I couldn't love it. When it I don't okay, know when, why. Maybe yeah, I'm, exactly. I, like when, and when he does it, to be fair, when he does it in the Zetan moment when he's deflecting the lasers with it, I didn't hate it there. No, I that hated felt it fun. earlier. I th- I hated it when it was like when he was fighting uh when Gabora it's a direct reference and, with Gabora yeah. and he does the thing and then he whoop and kicks, kicks it and yeah, then lands. It, yeah, yeah. That that one was like, whoa, okay, what? that's the thing. <laughs> that's a choice. Uh, I guess is what my brain said. Um but yeah, um so the only other thing that I do I do want to throw out there that I didn't like, and it's a, it is a sound design thing, but it's specific to Ultraman. Uh, okay. I was not a fan of how quiet he was. Um, because one of the biggest things with the original Ultraman is hot, specifically hot, hot, watch, like, watch, <laughs> like, you know, that, that was the original Ultraman. Yeah. So I'm really weirded out. Honestly, it's one of those weird changes that I'm like, with how referential you are in your movie, why did you get rid of that element? That's like that's such an iconic thing with the original. Ultraman. Maybe they didn't want to use the original voice actors. 
maybe voices? yeah so they didn't want to like try and replicate it and it sound weird because like I, I, I everything else, there are so many sound effects that are and well, i guess we'll get to they're that when sound. we get to sound yeah, design sound. it is ripped directly from and the only literally there's only one point where i didn't vibe with it and i'll talk about that in sound design yeah we'll talk about that in sound design so it's just it's just a weird odd choice i was just like and and maybe like it, it worked. Here's the thing: it worked for the first time Ultraman showed up in he's movie because he's a weird alien. alien. Yeah, but then once he is humanoid, like and he is like fully fused with the human, I <laughs> really was expecting it. They recreate the actor hurting his hand on yeah. top of a suit where like in the he the actual show. Like, oh wow! God. Where you see him pull his hand away and go yeah. like this because he actually hurt his hand, and then they're like, "Oh, it's in the script." Now he goes like, "Oh, my hand," right? Yeah. So then in this, he cry chops and he goes, ooh, ow, like when he hits. But there's uh, no sound to it. He just goes. He just physically does it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought that was a little, (laughs) that was a little lacking at times. I I kind of, I kind of would have liked, would have liked that in the movie just, just, just to have it be a little less awkward in some of the fight scenes because it just, it, it, it is a little quiet for my tastes. Yeah. at times um and yeah i'll talk more about the specific stuff like most i i honestly i'll talk about it in sound design which we're almost there but uh it, it unlike shin godzilla where the show sounds really bothered me this time i felt it was endearing hmm. so yeah. and i and i feel like maybe like to others they felt that this the way i feel about this one using show show sound effects I think that that some there were people that thought that with Shin Godzilla, whereas for me it just didn't connect. Whereas here, using the show of sound effects was very endearing. Like I, I think it was really like it was really fun. It added some fun element to the movie. So yeah. we'll get there when we get to sound design. But before that, we've got favorite least favorite moments. Um, now I don't know how we want to do this. Which way? Um, do you want to just like and not a let's positive? Just, let's yeah. Let's just do least favorite moment, and then we can talk about our favorite stuff and just sure. really linger on that. Sure. Cause like there's there's general things I have a problem with, uh, which are like editing, which is consistent, uh pacing, which is consistent. So I want to save that a, for uh special effects cinematography. cinematography. Yeah, I want to yeah. save that. Um I already harped on the weirdness with the sniffing scene and how I <laughs> I don't know. I th- like maybe it's supposed to be funny, but again, it feels like a, a foot scene in a Tarantino movie. Uh but I think I think honestly, like my my least favorite moment uh, is uh, I, uh, I'm I'm bouncing between two. Do you have one specific one? No, I don't. So you pick you you okay. pick one, and I, I'm I'm still trying to think of like because I have a lot of problems across the board, but I'm trying to think of one specific one, like. Well, I'm trying to think of one that's indicative of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think my least favorite moment is the w- most egregious example of tell don't show in which uh, uh, Ultraman gets kidnapped and is locked away somewhere. Oh, no. Our main character has been locked away. How are we going to save our character? Don't worry. In five seconds in a like, like, oh, yeah, in a yeah. clip that is edited like Liam Neeson climbing a fence. We are going to have uh, the main character show up, or the girl show up. Uh, one of the assistant homies say, yes, by the way, uh, he knew he was going to be attacked, so he set up this Rube Goldberg machine to have himself found, where he's going to tap his brakes, which will make me notice it, and then he's going to stomp, and you see him stomp his heel, right? Yeah. 
And yeah. then I'm guessing that's where the invisible ink leaked out of so that yeah. she could follow him to where right. he's been kidnapped to. Uh, the the delivery and build up to that is negligible. Yes. And then it's just like, anyway, we had to get through with this. That two to three minute long sequence is indicative I... of some of my ma- my biggest problems with the narrative overall and specifically with the pacing of this movie. I 1000% agree with you. Um, I think that a simple rewrite can fix that scene oh, easy, and it would just easy. and would it just it would literally just be we found his car she goes to investigate the car she sees the ink on the ground yeah like or she's and, like looking and then like she touches and she's like what is this there's something on my hand you know like it's yeah. wet or wet you know she just says that and, and then, then like, like she pulls out her. a she pulls out a a black light and yeah. sees the ink and then she looks at the ground and she sees her trail boom, boom, boom. end yeah. of story there you go and then she follows the trail she yeah. gets him out and there you go that's all you had to do yeah but instead they do this weird yeah like the Where guy like, that he oh, was talking he's to. actually supposed to be super clever don't worry ultraman solved all of our problems again right yeah it's very it is it's just it is yeah. it's very Give out of nowhere if you're gonna have the gal degrade herself by being uh upskirted and sniffed, and sniffed. let her <laughs> at her least a be moment. a good detective yeah. <laughs> well and she supposedly is right she worked for a, 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 yeah. like, a like a different department uh or like basically like another cia kind of yeah thing before she started working at the sssp so yeah. like yeah, give her a, give her that moment where her character actually has that like aha like and then like she follows it. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Well, it's because they very, didn't have time. Very simple fix. They're already sure. at like an hour and fifty minutes with that, and if you had have given her the like, I don't know, three minutes of screen time would have ruined the whole film. So. <laughs> For me, I'm going to keep on theme with you of trying to find something that's a vertical slice of my problem. Yeah. What I was aiming for with that I one. Mean, okay. Mine, mine are so broad. Like if I really wanted to, you know, like we'll talk about it in a second, but uh, like all the editing and the visual stuff, like I have a big problem with, but I'm going to focus on a writing issue that is oh. actually similar to your, your hey, issue. That okay. You up. Um, and I kind of mentioned this in my spoiler free talk. So I'm bringing it all the way back to the spoiler free <laughs> section. Um, so the, the moment where they, they're talking to aliens, Rob, and he's giving the very most basic explanation for how Ultraman works. And it's edited like freaking like shotgun style. Like once again, <laughs> the fucking taken jumping over a fence Liam scene. Neeson jumping like, over a fence. It's like, it's like. <laughs> They're speaking really fast, back and back and forth, and like, well, he explains it in like a sentence, and it's supposed to be exposition, but it also doesn't work as exposition because he's just kind of saying words. And then like, the only part that I liked about that scene was it there was the funny moment where he doesn't answer their question after like answering a bunch of them, and he's just like, yeah, I can't answer that; it's against the treaty or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, ah, that's kind of funny, but like. The the shotgun style editing of that sequence just gives me a headache thinking about it. I'm just like, why why are they jumping back and forth? Like, it, it, and once again, I'm not trying to compare it to Shin Godzilla too much, but comparing it to Shin Godzilla for a second, Shin Godzilla did it a lot as well, where they were just having a bunch of characters talk really, really fast and jumping between multiple characters talking really, really fast. And Shin Godzilla, there was a purpose to it with it being like this whole ineffectual government conversation. Yes. Yeah. Here... 
it's just in this random moment where they just felt like, oh, I guess we should explain how Ultraman flies and fires a ray of light. And like, and it's like, normally I would be like, oh, that's cool that they're actually putting the lore in here. But the fact that the movie doesn't take any time to explain it, instead, it's like, we're going to do this in t- like less than a minute. <laughs> we're just going to shotgun all the information that most people don't know about Ultraman if we're coming into this blind in less than 30 seconds just to get it into the movie so that people like won't be like, oh, I don't understand how Ultraman works. Well, there it was. It was 30 seconds ago. Did you not hear him talk about it for 30 seconds? It, it's just this weird editing choice, writing choice mm. that I just completely disagree with. And it plays into, once again, the bigger concept of what I don't like about this movie that we'll talk about in cinematography in a second. So... <laughs> Uh, that's my vertical slice, but well, let's talk positive. Positives, baby. I've actually got a lot of positives. I do too. Uh, I'm going to do one. I'll save it for cinematography, but there's okay. one, there's like five and they're all really close towards the beginning. There are five shots that are individual shots that are uh-huh. so, so good. Uh, they only last for like two seconds each, but I, um, so uh, I think, honestly, probably one of my favorite things, uh, like, ugh, all the fights are so good. So if fun. I had to pick one, uh, I've, I've got to say that, like, I think I think the fight with uh, G- Gamora would be, or Gabora. Yeah. Gamora, yeah. oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Another different kind yeah. of <laughs> uh, G- Gabora. Um, that fight is just so, like, fun, so fun. fast-paced. It's tense like ultraman like it feels like an ultraman fight where he's like he's on the ropes you know like and you have him like looking back and seeing the like it's a literally a giant concrete building with a big red sign that's like radioactive on it and now there's all these drill holes on it and he's Uh desperately fighting against this thing um to stop it from you know a he can't blast it and b if it like you know drills its way in it'll kill the thing or blow up and kill everyone and it's just like it feels like the most Ultraman moment of the yes. film, and that's really kind of like the tail end of like my favorite stretch Section. of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It is like is that battle capstones honestly yeah. one of the most promising starts to a modern kaiju movie. One hundred percent, I I agree with you there. Um, Sorry if uh, I stole. It was I don't you know, know if that was it, that was that was probably going to be my pick, but like I, I do have another one too. <laughs> Um, well, I have two. So uh, one brief one that I, I'm gonna just gonna mention really quickly. Um, I do think that the the Ultra Q sequence, oh, yeah. it's just a lot of fun because it's like I don't know, man. It's just like a great little homage to Ultra Q. Like obviously, we were never gonna get an Ultra Q movie that was gonna go into that because that it, that yeah. show is very episodic, even more episodic than Ultraman. Uh, but. Uh, like it was nice just seeing all the little cool little redesigns, the fun yeah. references, the that stuff was really fun. That's not my favorite moment, but I did want to give a shout out. The Gaborah fight was probably going to be my my, <laughs> my second favorite, but I do have one that I actually do really like, and uh, I I came to appreciate it more after going back and watching the episode of the show that this is based on. Um, I do actually really like the Mephilus fight. I think the Mephilus fight uh, in the in the factory district. Oh yeah, uh, was just so much fun. Like it's got some great moments with like him throwing the discs and like Mephilus just like dodging it. Yeah, and, like it like cuts through the like the the oil like 
the big oil thing that always yeah. explodes in show up movies. Like there's just, there's a lot of fun moments. There's a lot of really like cool, subtle, uh, uh, blink and you'll miss it like references to the original fight as well like yeah. just in, in the choreography um i i love that they're kind of evenly matched i love that it's 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 i don't yeah. know it's just really fun and then yeah and the way it ends is so unique yes and it was unique in the original show too so like the fact that they kept it where like mephilis is just like yeah i'm out this uh, you know, this, this is a stalemate <laughs> yeah, yeah I can't, <laughs> a stalemate. Yeah. we're not, not we're, we're gonna sit here and you know whatever well in the um, sorry in the show it's a stalemate in this one yeah. it's because uh-oh my plan well, it's has... also a stalemate here too yes yeah. like, that's the beam lock is whenever he sees off is like yeah they're they have the beam lock and they're getting closer and closer together and it looks like you know like it's gonna be a big stalemate they're gonna ex- both explode or whatever and then he sees off and he's like Ooh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then it's uh, like, well, even if I deal with you, my ultimate plan of getting like a human army human is officially is out. Happen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a really, yeah, it's really, I don't know. That honestly, that's a vertical slice of one of my favorite things. It's like the very beginning, that moment, and then the very end. There are yep. moments where they take existing information from the series and rewrite it to be slightly tweaked clever like a clever, clever twist a clever, clever interesting in the addition context of the movie yes. like that's what i that's what i like most about it is it, it it takes it and it's like what what element could we use to better this yes. movie not necessarily as a reference to the show but also still using stuff that was in the original show in a fun way yeah and i think the mephilus fight as a whole as well as the end of it is a good example of that. You're right. Like it's, it's a very good vertical slice of like, this is what the whole movie should have done. Be a little bit more clever with that kind of thing. And also like, I don't know, like I said, like the, the fight is just really, really fun. I think it's, it's a fun fight. It feels just like the Gabora fight. This one feels the most like, Ultraman, like we're fighting yeah. in a factory disc. Like, you know, there's always a fight in the factory disc <laughs> district, in every Ultraman series. So it just feels very show feels very like, you know, I don't know. It's very, uh, very kung fu fight, and that's another thing that's missing from some of these other fights. Is that yeah. it, there's not a lot of physicality. Whereas this fight, it's very physical. It's very yeah. like flipping each other over each other's heads. There's a lot of kicks. judo again. Like it's there, oh man, the the one that okay, one really be- one of the best moments is when they do the kicks and they hit their kicks together. Yeah, and it causes the shock wave to come out from when they kick each other. It's very and their good. Feet are like right against you. Yeah, so good, so much fun. <laughs> um, once again. There's there's stuff that I really do like, and honestly, most of the Ultraman and Kaiju stuff, I I hundred percent am like I'm yeah. here for. It's great. It's fantastic. Um. So okay, cinematography, special effects. So let's talk. Ooh, let's, okay, cinematography and editing is going to be the biggest section. So let's get special effects out of the way first. Okay. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. So okay. So Can I, I did... talk about my one little tiny nugget of favorite thing. It's sure. literally it's it's like five seconds of footage. Yeah. And I don't know why it means so much to me, but it does. They, okay, so uh, back in the olden times, you had a film camera and you were on a soundstage. And when you had miniatures, you would try and like make it look big, right? You would try and make the miniature look like you're in a sky shot looking down at something as opposed to just like in a tiny little matchbox filled uh, con- you know, a fake plaster building. Uh, so what you would do is you would have some like fog in the background or like, you know, mm. you would like it was it would it would looks very dreamlike watching anything from Thunderbolts or from like early Toho and early like uh, like Superaya shows and movies 
where there's this this kind of like foggy kind of misty look to things. Uh, you'll have characters covered in that. You'll have uh, miniatures covered in that. And there it like has this blue kind of hue that interacts with like the film that the, the stock that they were using and the lighting that they were using to make this very dreamlike quality. And they perfectly recreated in this in a handful <laughs> of shots in a computer. And I, I, I like usually I can just tell like there's always like something that's just slightly off. There's always something that just doesn't quite. Uh, yeah, you can kind of like tell like, oh, it's computer animated. It's CGI. There are shots in this movie where they perfectly recreate mm. the look of film. And that is a triumph. Th- yes. This for me is the is the the Blade Runner perfect CGI Rachel, you know, <laughs> like perfectly recreating yeah. a miniature with fog yes. in front of it is the mo is for me CGI Rachel. Does that does that track? Does it does. that make sense? It does. Yes, yes, yes. So okay. <laughs> so yeah. So what I'm okay. So what I was gonna say this because I said this in the spoiler free section and I want to specify. So I did bring up like. Why do CGI when you can do just do the tokusatsu that would look just as good? Now, I, I do think that's still the case for this movie. However, I that does not detract from some phenomenal CG work in this movie, especially coming from a Japanese studio. Um, there's some great stuff. I do think the one aspect, uh, and it's only noticeable in a few scenes, and it's the same way that it was in Shin Godzilla. The one aspect that a lot of CG animation from Japan that is still lacking is character movement animation sometimes is a little wonky, uh, specifically with a couple of the kaiju, uh, uh, not Gabora, but uh, Naranga specifically. There's a couple of moments where he's like turning around and like doing like movements and it just doesn't look right. Like it doesn't look like an actual creature moving like it's really herky jerky, like almost like it has like a stop motion quality to it. And I don't know if you remember, Rob, I know it's been a long time since you've seen it. Do you remember in Shin Godzilla, after he does his beams and he destroys Tokyo, there's this moment where he like stumbles forward and like, like freezes to go power down. It's And it's this weird, like the, the jump, the jiggliness isn't there. Yeah. It's just, it's just this weird, like just motion thing. And it is present here. It's not present that often. Uh, it's especially not present with the ultras uh, or like the humanoid. Well, the, well, the uh, ultras are too. all mo-capped. Yes, so exactly. they've got so. that weird mo-cap thing where they move kind of stiff because there's like five mm. connection points where the actual right. arm is. So it's like, I mean, but it fits. It fits with it being like a weird alien. It almost yeah. feels like a reference to the like latex suits that were a little oh. hard to move into. You know what I mean? Fair. Like that, it works for them. Uh, but. Uh, but that's that's a that's a minor complaint. I mean, honestly, as far as the actual like CG work across the board, really props to them. I I, I like some of the texture work specifically for, se- for seven on million. The ultras. That's another thing I need to stress. Yeah, for seven million dollars, they yeah. did this quality. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's impressive. awesome. It's Very incredible. Impressive. There are multiple like, I, scenes that just look so to, good. I paused oh. on a shot of of Ultraman uh, after the Mephilus fight. Yeah, and I'm noticing just like. Dude, the texture work on the on the model is amazing. Yeah. The helmet, they made it look like a model, like like like, a, yeah. like the mask from show. So it's got all these like little divots in it. Like it, it's not perfect. It looks painted. Yeah. Like, and that's completely on purpose. And I, I have to give credit to them for that because that's like insane. Um, also, like another thing, and I'm sure you noticed this because like it's it's really noticeable is um, whenever we see close ups of like Ultraman, whenever he's like holding. Uh, the girl uh, yeah. at the, when he's about to fight fake Ultraman, 
you see all these creases yes, in, in, the, in the suit that look like that, that look like a suit. It makes yeah. it look like a suit, but it's, but it's, you know, that, so like though that attention to detail in the CG work is phenomenal. It's like another, it's amazing. Another it's little really, thing, really good. But I'd be remiss to not mention the lights behind Ultraman's eyes. Yes. They perfectly capture that reflect refracted look of like a light bulb inside of like, you know, a hollowed out helmet with like plastic, yeah, uh, like same thing with uh, Mephiles and uh, Zetan. Yeah, yeah, the, the yellow lights inside of underneath so their visors. Good. Yeah, I, it it looks. I mean, you know, like you can tell that CGI. Yes, but it is insane how close they got to making it look like yeah. a suit. It, it, it replicating. Uh, yeah, the idea that they replicated that stuff is so phenomenal. Awesome. And I and once again, I just got to give credit to it for sure because that's. That is a hundred percent fantastic, and like yeah. you said, yeah, this was made for seven million. Like, and you know, with, with Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla was made for ten. So, yeah. like, the fact that we get this kind of level of uh, detail from that is insane at this point. But, um, yeah, I, honestly, just props to the CGI. I, yeah. I, it, as, yeah. as as wonky as it looks, a couple of times, like the rest of the time, it is like I don't even like, I I don't even uh, agree with the wonkiness. I think like yeah. the the monsters in my head, I'm like it's replicating a suit. A suitmation actor moving around. See, I'm talking about the times when it doesn't look like a suit. Oh, I'm about, when it's like, like it kind of bulges with the yeah, yeah. Like what? specifically, there's there's this one shot where Naranga is turning. Like they they cut off the power to the power station, and he like turns around. Yeah, and he has this weird like his body moves like a man in a suit, but they added this weird jiggliness to everything else to make it look like it's real skin like flesh. Yeah. And it doesn't, it just doesn't, uh, it's not real. Like it's not, I'm, it's not, that's not what muscles look like when they move. Like, I guess I'm like, okay with it because I've seen enough CGI that looks like that at this. It looks, with like, my... it looks like boob physics in like, oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Volleyball. Like <laughs> it's just going crazy. It's just the muscle under the skin is just like, <laughs> I don't know. But once again, those are few and far between. I really want to stress that's few and far between. That's me nitpicking. That's me just really going like, I did like that's one scene. Like it's the same thing with Shin Godzilla. <laughs> like I said, most of the CGI in Shin Godzilla is fantastic. There's just that one sequence where every time I watch the movie, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so to cinematography now. Okay, here's I want to start positive first to keep with the CGI. I think that the framing and everything when the monsters are fighting uh, and all the ultra stuff is going on is really well done. Um, I think that I, I do stand by my statement that I think they could have pulled from some of the modern ultra, like really cool cinematography that they've been pulling off lately in some of the series, like with uh, Zed and, uh, and uh, everything else. But that's just, a, that's just a wishful thinking i think that as far as this movie goes replicating a lot of shots from the show the feeling of it feeling like a lot of show like with the with the with the fights and stuff like that i think they did a really good job with yeah um it's when we start going to the human stuff that the editing and the cinematography starts to bother me yeah. um okay i was talking <sighs> with someone last night who said that uh, the weird camera angles and the weird quick cuts are in reference to the 60s show and i said that's impossible because in the 60s like yeah there's like fisheye lens stuff and i know they probably would have loved to use that but like they put that huge camera on a tripod and they were like let the scene play out just uh, we've got a roll of 35 millimeter film for this so there's no way they were like okay and do 1500 cuts for one piece of dialogue yeah because i started 
I the second time I watched this, I was like, it bothered me so much. I was like, I'm gonna just I'm gonna pull my phone out. Right. I'm gonna start my stopwatch whenever we have a dialogue scene. And I'm going to I'm going to lap stop the stopwatch. I'm going to lap every time that uh, the camera cuts to a new angle. Um, most every single like dialogue sequence, most scenes last sub two seconds before hard cutting to another angle, and hard cutting to another angle, and hard cutting to another angle. And it diminishes what you're like. It's almost like don't pay attention to what's happening. Please don't look at the screen. Just listen to the audience or the text. Yeah. You know, uh, it's bad. It's real bad. And it, it's it's frustrating because like in these old shows, they would do fun camera tricks to show like action happening or like, OK, it's transition. It's time for our characters to go somewhere. And you would cut to like their boots as they unzipped the mm-hmm. like leggings of their pants to reveal, oh, they're wearing the SSSP uniform underneath. Boom, boom. Oh, big reveal. <laughs> um, everything served a purpose. This feels purposeless. It feels yes. like the uh, the the editor was like bored with like the scene. It feels mm. like the director was like, I don't this talking it, stuff is so boring. It's so dull. Let's just get through this. Yeah. Or let's show something. Let's do something at least sort of fun here because we have to do the conversation. Everything exactly. Everything feels like they were like, oh, just two people talking is not enough. Yeah, like we've got to have. Oh, we're gonna put the camera up in a wonky place so that it's fun. Oh, fish we're gonna eye, edit fish eye, fish a billion eye. times. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna. You know, the dialogue is gonna be written as well to be really snappy for no reason for a conversation. Like it, 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 it there's a lot of like, it's this mass of like weirdness, and I think that some people, um, and I'm not trying to badmouth anybody out there for liking it what i'm just saying is that i think some people can get into that stylization of it being so wonky and be like <laughs> oh it's quirky you know but well, for me, it's just annoying like to me it's annoying yeah. like for others it's quirky and fun to me it just is it's also it, it it's very me. shin godzilla shin it's godzilla had shin that godzilla. quick anytime there was like because it was supposed to be frantic it was godzilla's coming we need to quickly figure out a plan to deal with this so it's cut yes. cut 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 Okay, here's my plan. Okay, here's my plan. Here's my plan. And then it cuts yep. to the prime minister's phone ringing. Oh, wait, no, I don't want to do that. I'm scared. Boom. Cuts back to this. Cuts back to this. Go, go, go. And it's because, oh, my gosh, Godzilla's here. Something bad is about to happen. In this movie, it is two people sitting in a park doing a pretty standard fair villain speech about, a, like, mm-hmm. Ultraman listening to a bad guy being like, hey, there's some innocent children nearby, so you can't fight me. Uh, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy this whole planet for my own personal gains. And, right. you know, Ultraman's like, I don't think so. And I'll stop you by any means necessary, even if I have to break Ultraman laws to do it. Uh, but instead of just having that sequence play out and having dramatic cuts to, like, the kids slowly vanishing and then, like, you know, having, like, yep. our character sitting on this park bench, instead you have... Cut, 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 cut. And it's just jumping all over the place. And on top of that, there's even like, I don't know, maybe editing mistakes or maybe this is on purpose. But in that sequence that I specifically was talking about, Melpheus just disappears for a clip. There's a cut where it's just like Ultraman sitting by himself on the swing. And I was like, oh, Melpheus dipped out after threatening everyone. And now all the cops are here. Wow. He tricked Ultraman again. No. Oh, wait, no, he's still there. Never yeah, mind. So there's just like know. an editing mistake yeah. or uh... I think it's supposed to be that he like teleported 
but again, he teleports like, right back to where he I, was. I know, no, in I the know. Scene right I, before, so I it's like I don't know. I, I do remember the shot you're talking about. I, I have no idea. Is but... it is it the angle is weird and like he's just like Maybe. somehow he moved and he's behind Ultraman? I just didn't see him. I watched that scene twice. And yeah. he he disappears. Yeah. Uh, it, uh... <laughs> it's it's okay. So, I, and once again, I I don't. I'm not trying to. I personally have an issue. Oh, wait, no. He's there. He's just standing on top of the swing facing backwards. Uh... And he's wearing black. Okay. I didn't see him. He's not standing on the swing in the earlier shots. Okay. So in that sequence, he's like threat. He's sitting next to Ultraman. He's threatening him. There's a swing set that's swinging. You see him stand up. Okay. He steps on it. That's why. I just okay. literally couldn't. You just see missed him. it, yeah. Because it's a quick cut. It's a. Yeah. It's a. It's still a. But, but, so but. it looked like Ultraman was just by himself. Sorry, I had to catch myself because like that's too big of a mistake. <laughs> so okay, so once again, I, I I'm not trying to diss people that like this style or find it fun. I it's just I personally don't like it, and and like I think that everyone can have that opinion when it comes to directors and style and everything like that is and writing. Uh, of you just don't enjoy that. And, and like, cause like, I, I'm not a big, I don't like David Lynch, not a big David Lynch fan. I I don't like his style. I I mean, I I understand it. I get (laughs) how it's good and I see the, why people like it. It's just not for me personally. I just don't, I just never can get into anything David Lynch has done. Um, and, and so I feel like for me personally, that's how I feel about, Higuchi and Anno is that uh, like with, with, with but with Higuchi it's weird because Higuchi proved himself to do kaiju and st- stuff that I like like with Shin Godzilla like the kaiju stuff is still fun for me and with this it's the same thing like he directed all of this movie whereas Shin Godzilla he only directed the special effects stuff but this one he directed everything and so clearly he directed the you know the Ultraman stuff and blocked it all and made it all what it is yeah and I like that stuff and so I I like his style with that. I just don't yeah. like it with the the uh, the humans. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um. The <laughs> writing by Anno, I personally, I mean, I'm not the huge Ava fan either. So I mean, like, I just don't really like Anno's writing style. I guess it's mm. just he he does weird things with his writing that I just can't get behind. I personally just don't enjoy it, and that's fine for me. Like, I can personally say that I don't like his style. Yeah. That's not saying that if you love his style that you're wrong. I, you know, that's your opinion. Just like my opinion is, I just don't like it. Um, and so, like, when whenever now I'm thinking of you know Shin Kamen Rider coming out next, and I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna like it. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> liked either of the other two Shin movies very much, so it's just not gonna be for me. <laughs> like, I'll watch it, but don't expect me to like it. Um, maybe I'll be surprised. I don't know, but. Um, so, okay, so the other thing that we should talk about in this section, because we, we talked about it briefly, but, like, I think one of the biggest flaws of this movie, cinemat- or, 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 like, not cinematography, but, like, structure-wise that fits into this category is the episodic structure of yes. the movie. The, um, the pacing of the movie is, uh, to put it politely, fucked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is, it's not great. It is uh, essentially trying to, in an hour and 50 minutes... Do yeah. one, two, three, four, 
it's five ish five, five episodes, episodes of a show really it's four because the episode one isn't really a uh, it's not fair. pulling a lot from that episode it's just pulling... i guess but then like even within that it feels like a, a two-parter like intro yeah where it's like you yeah. know uh like you know the episode one is like a, a two-parter and then the final episode is a two-parter so because like even like the fight with like you know zeton like ends with him being like oh hospitalized and then they come with a plan it's like okay round two and then there's like a secondary thing you know mm-hmm. so you ha- so it, that's kind of wh- yeah. what you're dealing with here is seven standalone concepts sorry that don't really connect six, to each other six all. standalone <laughs> ideas of episodes that have been shoved together and kind of breadcrumbed together into mm-hmm. a whole narrative if if this was a long-running TV show or even a miniseries. If they made a miniseries yeah. out of this and it lasted for, you know, six hours or, you know, even like three hours and the mm-hmm. runtime of each episode was about like 25 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then like you, you know, like you have a break in between each one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, now we have the Zeton arc and then that ends. And then there's an, an amount of time that's implied every time yes. that we cut to credits, right? Yes. So then you have this like build up. There's character dynamics are changing and shifting. There is like, you know, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to X, Y, and Z? There would be a slow, you know, drawn out delivery. The problem with shoving it all into one movie length movie is you're now kind of like you do not have a three act structure. You don't mm-hmm. even have really like normal rising tension. You have these no. tiny little bumps of like, Rising tension, end of tension, rising tension, end of tension. And so, yeah, it is, it's episodes. It's, it's four not, episodes. Yeah. It, it, the movie is four episodes. Yes. It's literally broken into 30, 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes is a new episode. <sighs> yes. And I've seen <laughs> movies where episodic structure works. Like uh, a good example is um, uh, Hateful Eight hmm. is, a, is a good example. Um, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Another good example where I think the the episodic structure where it breaks it up and like the difference is with those uh, specifically is that those actually are very well aware that they're breaking it up into an episodic <laughs> structure and actually have title screens that pop up as the break between the episode, right? Like it's like the part five, uh, whatever for Justice League. And yeah. it's same thing in Hateful Eight. It, it breaks it up. It like a text pop pops up. Um, whereas this just tries to pretend it's a one cohesive film and it's not. Um, and I think there was, there is potential in the script. We talked about a, a moment earlier that could have just had an easy rewrite with Rob's least favorite, uh, moment. And there's another one here that I think is really apparent and it's, it's Mephilus's, uh, uh, lines where he talks about that. Oh, I'm actually the one who brought Gabor and Naranga. Yeah. And also I was the one who guided Zar- Zarab to come here. Like, so they, they try to do this arc where he's kind of been manipulating things to go yeah. his way, but they don't do it. They say it and yes. like it doesn't have any impact. Like if we had seen him creeping in the background earlier in the movie, like when the Naranga Gabora fight was going on yeah. and like, you know, we see him have a conversation with Zarab or yeah. something like that. You s- I think that could have been like a big like and then he reveals himself and you're like, oh, it's the evil villain guy that's yeah. been in the background. What's he what's he up to? But like they just say that he's been doing these things and it's just like, no, you ha- no, you haven't. We haven't <laughs> seen you. Who are you? Like it, it doesn't follow a movie structure. And, and the worst part about this is once again, is it could have. 
it could have and other ultra series have had villains that have been there from the beginning yes. that show up throughout and they're the big bad at the end yeah and it works like uh freaking uh juggler's juggler is a great example of a yeah. guy that is the villain like from the get-go he's just kind of in the background he's not the main guy but like he shows up it shows up it shows up and then by the end yeah, he's the big bad guy. Or in uh, Geed, there's another, there's a, one, an alien that is like the main villain before Belial shows up, like, and he's being manipulated by Belial, but we don't find that out until a little bit into the show. So it's like, there are ways to do it, and I just feel like the movie just didn't. The movie didn't connect things. It just tried to connect them at the last minutes, like, well, saying it, that he it just manipulated says it. things. And again, I feel like that's also just referential to how the first few Ultraman movies were, which was just... Clips from the show spliced together with like voice dialogue and like actors right. running in between to say, now Ultraman is doing this. Oh, he's yeah. fighting this guy. He's fighting this guy again. Yeah. And then it's the clip from the show. Yeah. yeah no, for sure. And I, I just, I just, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. It, it on all <laughs> accounts, the four episode structure did not work for me. No. Um, I, I, and once again, it, it is weird, uh, actually thinking about it. We were just talking about how it pulled from the show, the original show. Um, the strongest, uh, episode of the movie is the first episode. And that is actually pulling from like three episodes of the show yeah. technically. So it's but like it's the section that should together. feel too rushed doesn't. Yeah. And then the rest of it feels like but weird it, and out it there. It pairs make them sense. together in an interesting way. You know, like in a clever dynamic. And honestly, like you could go from there and have like, you know, uh, another like and then you just have Melpheus. You don't do the Zeton thing or you do the Zeton thing. So but Zero. Oh, do. Yeah. yeah. And then you just like it's just Melpheus and Melpheus doing some stuff behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. Just build up, build up, build up. And then if you want, I guess you can I still, still think you could do Zofie and, and yeah. Zeton. Like, I, I yeah. think that. I think just if you had gotten rid of the Zareb section, and I know people love the Zareb section because it's the, the, the you know the evil Ultraman evil story, Ultraman, true. And I know people like that, and I I'm not like and I like that episode of the show, and I I, I it looked at it as its own in the movie. Once again, if this was a miniseries and that was an episode, I don't hate it. I just think as part of the whole, it's the part that fits the least. Like it it doesn't really have anything to do with anything. It's just let's recreate an episode of the show and put it in the middle of this movie. And it's like, eh. like that's not how you do a structure for a film. It's not, like you said, there's no three act structure. Like it's a four act structure, but they're not even act structures as a whole. It's like you said, speed bumps. It's episode one has an arc. Episode two has an arc. <laughs> episode three has an arc. Episode yes. four has an arc. There's no giant arc. It's yeah. just, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And I think once again, that's if I was to boil down my biggest problem with the movie. It's that <laughs> again. the editing and the weird camera work. It's bad. I don't like it, but I can get over it. Yeah. With the with Common Rider Black movie. coming out and being a TV show, I don't understand why this couldn't have been a miniseries. I think you, if you had of just, honestly, you don't even need to do more CGI work. The fights are fine as yep. is. You just need to have more character stuff in between. Mm -hmm. And then you're fine. You're great. And, you're done. -zo. And it gives Anno and Higuchi more time to adapt another episode of the yeah. show that they really like. Yeah, let's Which do the Gamora. Maybe, let's do the Gamora movie uh, or just, episode. If you wanted like, to make a movie, make a movie. If you want to make a miniseries, make a miniseries. Don't try and do both in one go. Yes, because which, you, it, which yeah, it, not related to this, but it's a problem that a lot of the Disney Plus shows have. <laughs> yeah, where they're like, where they're like, oh, we're just gonna make a six-hour-long movie. And it's it's a like, movie. no, 
That's not a movie. That's a miniseries. You're structuring it like a movie and it doesn't work. Yeah. Because <laughs> then it's exhausting. <laughs> yes. Then you're just tired. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know. I, okay. I We've been negative Nellies about it, but. But, but here's the thing. Now we're going to go to a positive because now we're going to talk about sound design. Sound um, design. I, which is across the board fun fun really really good really fun (laughs) i thought you were when you first described it to me and said like oh yeah really like there's a lot of show of sounds i was like oh i don't know if that's going to be very good uh but because all you can think of is shin godzilla all you can think of is like their use in shin godzilla where it's like oh it doesn't match aesthetically and like you know the only time it didn't match it really is one sequence and it's the mm-hmm. American bombers yeah. and their, their bombs when they hit the ground is the show up. Yeah. But it's the, they use the exact same audio clip and they cut off the resonance of it. Yep. So it's just bow, 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 yep. bow, yep. bow <laughs> over and over and over again. And it's like, what? Yep. yep. But overall, so mm-hmm. fun and so goofy and the 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 music from that era just fits mm-hmm. it fits with the like yep. the rest of the the story as well as some great new compositions too Ooh. uh i mean a special shout out to the mephilus fights song which is an amazing when the choir comes in and gets yeah. in and it's like this awesome like Oh, 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 as they're fighting and doing the cool kung fu and he's throwing <laughs> all his stuff at him it's just really fun it's it's i i don't know i i really and I and that that was really surprising to me because like once again with Shin Godzilla putting that in my brain of I don't like the show of sounds with modern film looks, I thought I was gonna hate it the instant. Honestly, yeah, you hear the bombers and you hear the stuff like that. I was like, I don't know if this is gonna vibe very well. But then like you get further and further in, and you're like, no, it it works for this movie. It actually really does. <laughs> yeah. Like the 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 cool the cool sound effects actually really work for this. And yeah. um. Yeah, special shot. Like for for sure, I have no like no no complaints about the sound yeah. uh, or music. Uh, the okay, wait, wait. One thing about what? the music, the reuse of the Shin Godzilla uh, "Everything Is Okay" song. The um, in Shin Godzilla, it happens after uh, Kamada Kun leaves. Um, it's the da 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 da. Oh yeah. Da, da. Da, 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 da. I <laughs> like, think it works it in this movie too. It works better this? here. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just funny because like in Shin Godzilla, that was one of my biggest complaints was them using the song from Evangelion like six times yeah. in different forms. And so when I heard that, I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Anno. Don't you do it. Uh, but no, that's the only song that gets reused from anything else. Everything. Well, I mean, other than the songs from the original show that get, re, you know, yeah. redone or reused, but, um, Honestly, yeah, super positive about the sound yeah. design in this movie. I mean, once again, I, I fl- said it flat out in the spoiler talk or spoiler free talk. Uh, the when it comes to the kaiju stuff and the everything else, like the sound design and stuff like that, is fantastic. That's yeah. the best parts of the movie for me. I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, speaking of our our, our uh, spoiler free section, now it's time to do the spoiler final thoughts section. Yeehaw. So I'll go first real quick. Sure. I'm not going to talk. Yelpy dog in the background. So I'm going (laughs) to. I'll let you go to handle that while I'm reviewing. Um, All right. So final thoughts. Once again, I want to stress. I did have some fun with this movie. I had fun with this movie when it was the special effects stuff, the the kaiju fights, the sound effects, the music, um, that all, all that stuff is phenomenal. Um, the cinematography during that stuff is really fun. Um, there's some really great stuff in that. However, the structure of the movie as well as the editing and the camera work 
and the writing at times is what ruins the movie for me. Um, and I, and when I say ruins, I think that's maybe a little harsh. I don't mean it's like unwatchable. I don't mean it's not a movie that I'm not going to go back to. I think I will go back to this at some point. Um, you know, just especially if I watch Shin Godzilla, I might watch, Oh, let's watch Shin Ultraman too. Um, you know, it's a movie that I might eventually go back to. Um, but I think that it just, it just, it just didn't nail it for me. It didn't, it didn't land in a comfortable position for me. Um, you know, something we briefly talked about, but it's, it's the last, last scene slash shot of the movie. Uh, the smash to credits felt really out of place. Um, and I think it left a weird taste in my mouth because I was already having a weird taste in my mouth from all the other decisions. Um, and then I started to go, well, that was just a little weird. And then I go, Hey, there was a lot of stuff in this movie that was actually a little weird that I didn't enjoy. And that kind of really left me with kind of musing over the things that I didn't enjoy. Um, and uh, you know, I, when I walked away from this film, um, I, <laughs> one, I knew I was going to get hate or I'm pretty sure I'm going to get hate because I, 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 I have seen everybody online. I know everybody is just like really into this movie and it happened with Shin Godzilla 2 for me where I walked out of that movie being like, I mean, I have a lot of problems with it. It was okay. There was some good stuff. Um, and unfortunately that's kind of the same way I am here. If I were to pick between the two, which some people were probably wondering, uh, longtime fans of the show are like, which one do you like better? Um, I think I've come to appreciate the depth of Shin Godzilla more and more. Um, and it's actually kind of gone up on my list by a couple of ticks, uh, in my Godzilla big list. Um, not anywhere near the top for me still, but still it's gone up. Like it used to be like lower half. Now it's in the upper half. Um, and, and looking at this film, um, it doesn't have the depth, uh, that, that Shin Godzilla did. It doesn't have the, mo- the message that it was trying to get for, for the nuclear message and the, and the reference to the ineffectual, the government, all that stuff that Shin Godzilla had. This movie is lacking that. And so for me personally, I don't think that this movie is going to grow on me as much as Shin Godzilla has. So Shin Godzilla's slightly above this for me if i was ranking the two um i think that this one has the hopeful message of like you know the hero like humanity becoming its own hero by the end that stuff is really great uh but i just don't it, i just don't mm, it just doesn't connect with me and i mean it, it it kind of lines up with my feelings of ultraman as a whole as a series like there are parts of it that i connect with that i really really like but it's not across the board i don't like every single ultraman series that i've watched uh you know i i, I vastly preferred geed to orb which is also another unpopular opinion that i have um and that's how i'm going to come off with this I, I i think that it was okay it was all right was there great stuff yes was there a lot of bad stuff absolutely um it's it's middle of the road for me uh, i said it at the beginning five or six out of ten if I were to give it a rating, no, normally I don't like giving ratings, but for special reports, we kind of usually break that rule. So, um, yeah, that's where, I, that's where it lands for me. If you are interested in checking out Ultraman, there are, uh, I don't know if there's a better place to start per se. I'm sure there is. I'm sure Ultraman fans will be like, Oh, you start here. Uh, but, uh, for me, I don't know if this would be a great first introduction, uh, that I would recommend to somebody just because it doesn't really represent, it represents the first series pretty well, but uh, it doesn't represent anything else. Um, it's kind of the same problem that Shin Godzilla has, where it's it's so serious and such a different Godzilla movie that like really the only movies you can refer to after Shin Godzilla is G84 and G54, 
Like, because, <laughs> like, the rest of the franchise is nothing like Shin Godzilla or those other two. So um, this one, uh, it's not as bad as that, but I just, I don't know if I would recommend this, this to someone who's never seen a damn thing of Ultraman in their life. Like, zero experience with Ultraman. I don't know if this is it. Um, but for someone who is a fan of Ultraman, who grew up with Ultraman, I do think you're going to get a lot out of it. I think you're going to get a lot of stuff that you're going to like. You're going to see all these cool references, the fun stuff, especially if you're a diehard fan uh, or you've recently watched the original Ultraman. Um, when you get to the big fights, there are so many like little tiny references. Like Rob brought up one where uh, when he's fighting the the evil Ultraman, he like bangs his hand on the Ultra suit and like he hurts his hand, and that's a direct like choreography from the original. Like he he hits his hand on the evil Ultraman and he hurts his hand. He's like. Oh! You know, like, and he hurts. Uh, there's lots of that throughout this movie. There's lots of references, lots of great stuff like that. So if you're a diehard fan, you're going to like it, I guarantee you. But uh, for me, eh, that's it. Rob? <laughs> uh, I think I came out a little bit more positive than you. Um, I have a lot of problems with the editing and the pacing. I feel like overall that detracts from what could be a pretty, like, enjoyable film uh, and well put together, frankly, because there's a lot of stuff here that like they take concepts and ideas from the original show and they tweak it in interesting and unique ways. I think improve the narrative. The big problem is the pacing and the editing are, uh, to me, catastrophic. <laughs> um, that said, it is a beautiful film. It is a, it is a very fun movie uh, filled with like, Great sound effects, great action, great, like, character acting. So even though there are elements of this movie that I don't really find to my liking, I think overall it's pretty fun. Um, I'm not a great, like, you know, like, here's what you should watch first kind of person to, to ask when it comes to Ultraman. Um, mm. But I will say that I think if you watch Ultraman first and then watch this movie. You watch like the series, the original 1966 series, and then come to this movie with that those storytelling elements in mind. You're going to get a lot more out of this film than just someone sitting down to watch it. Because this movie is a fan fiction. It is, <laughs> a, and I mean that earnestly, not like as an insult. I mean like it is made by fans for fans to pick at the narrative issues and weaknesses of the show that they love. Um, and in that element, in that aspect, I think it succeeds wonderfully. I think that the, the, the monster designs are uh, lovingly recrafted. I think that like Shin Ultraman's weird look, even though he's like this emaciated little alien boy looks cool and freaky. Uh, I think that there are aspects of the way the combat flows when he's just like spinning like a like a model that still look funny and interesting. Um, I I think it's worth watching. And if you didn't catch it in theaters, then you're going to be able to see it uh, soon uh, I, within the few, next few months. I don't remember when they said it was going to come out, but they, they haven't. Oh, said they said they, they just said it's it's coming definitely out. coming. <laughs> we just don't know when. Um, it's, it's worth checking out. It's worth watching because there, there is a lot to love here. Um, and if you can get over the hurdle of, uh, the editing and the pacing of a miniseries cut down to an hour and a half long movie, then there's so much here for you to enjoy. Um, but yeah, 
that's it. That's my final thoughts is that uh, it's, you know, it, it is uh, it, it is a true proper first Shin Ultraman movie in the context of the 19, what, like 1967 movie? The first Ultraman movie, which was just mm-hmm. a clip show episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, nope. that's it. That's it for me. All right. Well, uh, that's our review of Shin Ultraman. Um, so coming up next for us, <laughs> next uh, is we are covering the reimagining of Ultraman from 2004 called Ultraman the Next in the States. Uh, in Japan, it's it's just called Ultraman. Um, it's a very much a reimagining of uh, the beginning of the original show. Um, and it's a little bit of a darker tale. It's a darker take on Ultraman is uh, what it's touted as. Uh, I'm very excited to check this out. It's been on one of the ones that I've wanted to look at because I usually like those kind of like darker takes on things. Um, and uh, it's also it also takes us back to the, the first thing we covered on this podcast uh, where uh, we get to see Ultraman Noah which is what Ultraman the Next is, uh, the god. That, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we saw him briefly in the in the movie, the first <laughs> movie that we covered for the cast, and then uh, we were like, oh, who's that? And then uh, Cameron was like, oh, yeah, he actually had a whole series and a movie before this. And we were like, oh, <laughs> wow. okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, very excited to, to take a look at that. I'm curious on how that's going to play now tied with Shin Ultraman. Uh, I, I read several articles and people talking about how they're kind of a good companion piece together because they're very different takes on the original Ultraman idea. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we're doing that. And then, Rob, what are we doing for the last episode of this month? <laughs> we're we're finishing the month. Speaking of a miniseries that was cut down into a full-length movie, uh, <laughs> we're going to be watching uh, Ultraman, The Adventure Begins, the 1986 uh, American made Ultraman cartoon show that Hanna-Barbera made where they only got to like three episodes as the pitch. And then Super I was like, no, we don't want to pay no, for I this. I think we're good. <laughs> uh, that has been compiled into an OVA. Awesome. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching this uh, just years ago. Uh, I thought it was an absolute treat. And I thought it'd be very funny to pair with uh, Shin <laughs> Ultraman uh as a kind of like you know like just several episodes like individual episodes clipped together to make a movie (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, we we definitely had a theme with our ultraman month this month it's actually pretty fun (laughs) that we 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 came up with the both of these uh tying into shin ultraman the way they do (laughs) um but uh yeah so that's that's our ultraman month this month uh so look forward to that uh this episode will be releasing on saturday um and uh the next episode will be the ultimate the next will be next coming up uh next week yes uh and we will have a very large news section because we were we've been out for a couple weeks and you know what happens when that goes oh boy uh Uh, yeah uh, yeah looking forward to it uh and uh hope you guys really enjoyed our uh discussion on shin ultraman hopefully we didn't rip it apart too too much i hope you i hope you actually enjoyed it for hearing an opinion that isn't just oh i loved it on twitter like hopefully we still broke it down enough that was uh that came off as a as a, as a good good breakdown <laughs> even if neither of us really liked it as much as everybody else um but uh anyway yeah, yeah. have a great time uh have a great weekend everybody uh hope you got a chance to see shin ultraman but uh if not yeah definitely yeah, it'll be coming out very soon if you are curious so uh all right bye everybody bye everyone <laughs> bye